What it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71. And we're here with Season 1, Episode 16 of Gaming Vessels Podcast. And right alongside me in the digital, studi- in the digital studio, we've got Joe, a.k.a. Trader Joe, the Food Max of Gaming. What's going on, bro? Not much, man. Just relaxing on this wonderful Tuesday evening. Yes, after a long three-day weekend. It's good. It's good. Also in the studio, we've got the Bay Area Terra Dez. What's going on, bro? Not much. Just, you know, happy to be here. Uh, happy for Labor Day. Thank you so much, you know, for your service. <laughs> A rest from your labor. My labor, yes. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think I think we've all probably needed needed that extra day. I know I know I did. Uh, enjoyed a concert. Mary J. Blige tore up the stage. That was pretty cool. Uh, so got a nice little time with the wife and uh, visited family. So that was really nice. It was good to get away for a little bit. But uh, folks, coming up, as we are recording on uh, the 5th of September, there's a little old indie game uh, coming out called, what's it called? Destiny? Destiny? Uh, <laughs> right? Destiny Destiny, Dose. Destiny Destiny the Time Drainer? Destiny <laughs> Dose. The Electric Boogaloo. So. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Destiny 2. Time Sink Boogaloo. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to another 700, plus, 700 hours that I will never get back. Uh, but uh, with the impending release of the juggernaut known as Destiny 2, uh, it kind of got us thinking about first-person shooters in general. Now, this is not a... Uh, FPSs are not a genre that I typically have vibed with uh, for the most part, but there have been some exceptions, and we've uh, we put out a call to our, our listeners, if you've been uh, following us on the Twitters, uh, for you folks to uh, send in your top three first-person shooters. And we're going to go over that in a little bit. But um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, our uh, favorite FPSs and the FPS uh, genre in general. And since I think out of the three of us, I probably have the least amount of experience uh, with the genre. I wouldn't say that. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't really played wait, wait, wait. that often. Wait, Des, weren't you a, a, a Killzone fanatic, though? No. Really? Nope. I, I, it's it's going to be sad, y'all, but I didn't really get into <laughs> any of that. You know, I just... We are we are not first person shooter people. So um, I started getting into first person shooters. You know, I just never really was a fan of the first person genre in general of anything in first person. Like I did not like playing like role playing games, like the first Dragon Quest games. Like oh, it was so hard because you'd run around and then it go into first person mode and you'd see them in the static thing on the screen and then you had to attack them. And then the same thing with Fantasy Star. It's like. Stuff in the first person view just never was my thing. I was just like, ugh, you know, and I and I played, you know, Etrian Odyssey, which is like a first person and you map dungeons. So the mapping mechanic made that kind of fun. But for the most part, no, I was never a first person. I am a third person, you know, gamer through and through because I like to see the character. Like I like to see the avatar. I like to dress the avatar. I like to, you know, personalize the avatar, I like to customize the avatar. So it's just 
you know, I, I like that separation. So I've never really been a fan. But then, you know, along came comes a game called Destiny. And, you know, I played the beta because I was thinking, oh, maybe it's third person. So, you know, and I, I'd played, you know, Halo a couple times with some friends of mine, you know, running around and doing that. I really couldn't get the... We, I, I played uh, first, my first introduction was uh, I played um, to Halo was playing multiplayer with some friends of mine who had been better so it was, it was uh, a friend of mine and his son and and just like they tromped me it was horrible yeah and I don't think they did it on purpose you know but anyway um, so I never really got into it and so you know you know Bungie went on to you know do Destiny and they were from Halo and I was like okay let's see this game and, and like the the hype for that game the first game was just like like amazing and it was just monumentous and this was like everywhere and you saw those like because that's back when the ps i think it was the ps4 was coming out like it was really really there they're really pushing it it's like go wherever you want be with your friends blah, blah blah and so i had a ps4 and so joe was all like you know hey you gonna play destiny beta and i'm like uh, you know the first one so i said sure so i downloaded it and i played it and it was hilarious because i because like you you're in the because when you start off in that that beta you were in the you were in the tower, so it's third person. I'm thinking, oh, this is awesome, right? This is so cool. Right? So I'm running around, and I go on a mission. They went to first person. I was like, oh crap, right? So I was like, okay. So I ran around and played around, and then, but then you, but when you got on your sparrow, it turned into third person. So uh, there was enough third person and first person involved in that game, you know, that that was kind of like okay. But then I didn't really play it. Like I played the beta for a minute, and then I stopped, right? And then Joe, and then actually Joe was on his head about this game. Like, oh, my God, this game is amazing. It's so amazing. You should play it. Uh, And I'm like, Joe, I don't like first person. Just play it. It's so great. Joe, I don't don't care. Play it. And I was like, okay, fine. So so I kept saying no. I kept saying no. And then lo and behold, you know, I got a super discount on it at Best Buy. And I was like, okay, it's super cheap. You know, Vanilla Destiny. It's sure this was before the uh, no. It was right when the Taken King came out, so they were blowing out the originals, uh, the original the the Vanilla game. You know, because the the Taken King, not the Taken King, the um, the first one with Crota, that whole Crota thing. What was that one? What was that expansion? Dark Below. Uh, yes, Dark Below. Dark Below. So the Dark okay. Below expansion was just coming out. And Joe was all talking about the game, and I was like, okay. And so I got a really cheap deal on it at Best Buy. Because they were, I guess, they were doing a promo like you, you to get people to buy the base game, and then you could download the the um, the uh, the DLC. So I was like, okay. So I bought it, you know, and I told you I was like, hey, I got Destiny. You want to play it? You know, and he's just like, sure. You know, so we started playing, and I was just like, you know, Ugh, and I was trying to get the hang of it, and he's like, just play it. It'll be fine. You'll be okay. You'll be good. You know, and I was like, all right, I'll keep. So I so I pushed myself, and that I'd say yeah, those first couple of like play sessions for a couple of weeks oh i was terrible i was horrible at this game i was just like this game's terrible i hate doing anything i hate doing you know everything Ugh, you know can't shoot worse shit can't hit anything you know I, I can't get the controls blah 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 this and that right and joe's just like just encouraging he's like go on just play it'll be fine you know and i'm running around like and i remember like all i would do all i would do was um was patrols because that's like I didn't I never did any of the uh, strikes because I was like I'm terrible at the strikes I'm not good at it and Joe's all you just got to do them you just got to do them just come and do it and I was like ah right so so yeah so Joe was like pushing that destiny on me and then you know probably I would say probably after about a month and a half of just like 
just playing it, you know, pretty consistently. I got, I got, I got a lot better, you know, at the content, at the, at the PVE content, you know, where I'm, where I was just, you know, headshot and fools left and right, you know, learn the controls. It became a lot more rote, um, in my ability to, to use the weaponry. I started doing strikes, you know, and this is back when, um, when you did like a nightfall, it, it jettisons you back into orbit or some bullshit like that. And I was like, ugh. so, and then I started playing it, you know, and Joe was just like, you just got to play it. You know, just got to play it. You'll get better at it. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And I did. Like, I got better at it. So so that was my first foray into, you know, first-person shooters. And then after that, it really started opening up, you know, opening up my eyes to like, okay, this is another, you know, game system that I could play. And not, sorry, another genre that I could play that's technically not that bad. But then I was really turned off a lot of it because a lot of the first-person shooters that are out there are all uh, PvP-based. Well, to me, it felt like they're PvP because then that was my bias, and I was like, "Well, I don't like PvP. Like, I don't, I don't have the the reflexes or the no or the wherewithal, you know." And Joe's like, "So now Joe's harping on me about that." So, so I, I played. Um, I would play PvP with you know. Oh, then then Kevin, you started playing it with us, and so the three of us started rolling around, and that basically made it like once Kevin started playing, I was like, "Okay, you know, this is our team. We have our team of three. We go out, we do stuff, and it was hilarious." Like. Just the just the times that we had like were some of the best times I had like playing games like like it, when when they say like you know play with your friends and all that stuff like that when you have two people that you you know that that, that you really mesh well and you and you play these games together it really makes it really makes the experience it the experience that much better because we're all very different players like Joe is very aggressive he's a very aggro player so he's upfront doing stuff dying all the time. And it's great, you know. Kevin's much more, you know, stealthy, hanging in the back, you know, stuff like that. And I and I'm the support. I like playing the support characters. So you know, like my main, like I should have, you know, I should have had a tattoo tattooed on me or put it on a shirt. It's like you know, I'll go res Joe or who's got Joe? <laughs> run over and heal Joe or do something. So and it was great. Joe played his Titan. Kevin had a Hunter, and I was a Warlock. It just it it, it is it is it has made sense. And playing and playing that game, you know, with them was was great. And then from them, you know, I met all the some other people, you know, um, uh, Jason, Guru, some other people, Alberto. So and it just kind of it, it kind of formed on on itself. So that was my experience with with first person shooters and and how I I gained to kind of have a lot more respect for it. Um, again, I I still do not get PvP. I've done okay in PvP. Mostly, um, in terms of like when we when we would do um, not rumble, it was um, the one where you can use your powers and they speed up really fast. Is that rumble? Oh, mayhem, uh, cl- mayhem, uh, mayhem. Yeah, okay. so, mayhem clash or something like that. Yeah, right? mayhem, yeah. It's, mayhem, it's like mayhem is, clash. Yeah. yeah, those that that's the that was the PvP because I could I could use my super and I'm very good at using powers. Like, I'm very good at using supers and stuff like that. So. So I was getting kill counts and shit like that, but if it's normal skill versus skill, like I'll get whooped all the time. So, but uh, so I, I still don't play PvP, but I'm realizing that there's a lot more other games or a lot more other um, genres out there that are actually not PvP but are first person as well. A perfect example yeah. is Borderlands. Like I didn't really, like, I played Borderlands before I started having a lot more respect for not respect, but I guess a lot more you know love for. Um, for uh first person shooters and then after i sort of like got the hang of it and realized what i was doing because because all games all games follow a format like all games follow a format and or, or all genres follow a certain format you know 
fighting games like you, one button is punch, one button is kick. So so, so it's all mapped to the same. And same thing with um with uh PV or um first person shooters. Like it's pretty much all mapped the same. You know that they, they don't invent the wheel for that stuff. There might be some tweaks, but for the most part, they all sort of play the same in my opinion. You know, but now that so now I'm I'm trying very hard to find PVP. Uh, sorry, trying to find first-person shooters that, that are more PvE-centric. And so Joe was playing the beta for... Were you playing the beta for this week, Joe? Uh, Call of Duty World War Two. Yeah, so he was playing Call of Duty World War Two, But I... And he were talking about like I, playing Call of Duty Infinite Warfare because I like the sci-fi angle on it. And I guess the last one, you know, even though it got really, you know, like people like downvoted the hell out of it, people hated it and blah, blah, blah. For whatever reason, they hated it. But like I heard, the campaign's supposed to be pretty good, so I'm thinking about check- checking that out. But, but that's my first person. I know I, took, I know I talked a lot, but it's like I first person was first person. The genre was one of those genres that just I have that kind of love hate relationship with, and it's very interesting because I love fighting games, love RPGs, but you know, first person shooters. I don't know. So, what are, what are your guys' thoughts about that? Joe, why don't you take? Why don't you go next? Because I think I have the the least amount of experience. I still say. Even though uh, I think I, I'll still say I think I have the least amount of uh, experience with this genre. So, Joe, why don't you go next, man? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'm, surp- I'm surprised you feel like you have little experience. I thought you played a lot of uh, FPSs throughout the years and everything. But uh, um, for me, at least, my experience with the first-person shooter started on the PC. Um, started with uh, my uh, PC rig back in the 90s and, play- and discovering Wolfenstein 3D back in like 1992, 1993 from the Wizards at the id Software. And so after that, I kind of got into uh, what they were kind of, what kind of formula that they were cooking and uh, was checking out quite a bit uh, Doom on my uh, IBM PC at the time. And that, that game is just like, it was just awesome. But I think at that point in time, like 1993, 1994, I stopped gaming on my PC. My, my PC took a dump, and <laughs> I didn't want to buy a new one at the time. So so I kind of gave up on PC gaming for a couple of years at least in there. So, But that's kind of where the seed started. And so it's like, you know, throughout the years, you know, I repurchased a PC again back in like 96, 97. And, and then my experiences with the genre it was all like Quake 2, playing Quake 3 Arena, which was the, basically the, like the first game that took the genre to like mul- you know multiplayer and multiplayer online on that. Uh, also on the console side of the fence too, it's like the Doom PS1 version of Doom is fantastic. And there was other games in the genre that like came out in the Saturn, like Power Slave, if you guys remember that, uh, Duke Nukem. 3D and uh, the Quake port for uh, Saturn. All three of those games were uh, done by this uh, company called Lobotomy Software, but they did great conversions of that genre over to um, consoles. I kind of started to see it a little bit on that, but uh, you know, I at some point with my gaming PC, I was even doing LAN parties. We were playing uh, this uh, sub like a mod for a quake called action quake. And we literally, I would bring my PC over to like, uh, this card shop called area 51. And me and my friends would actually have a LAN party and like be gaming all night, you know, and sitting there and just playing first person, you know, action quake and also counter strike and that kind of thing. So, 
And so just that's where my seed started with the genre. I mean, I'm not exactly the greatest in the world or anything on it, but I'm a casual player. But I do get into PvP quite a bit. I know I'm a lot different from you guys that you just haven't really got the itch to play a lot of PvP. But that kind of kind of seeded at least, you know, playing land parties, um, playing for hours and hours on end, you know playing with you know like six versus six you know at a land party and to be able to go in and and just like that have that kind of fun kind of wish you guys were like around then to be able to kind of get a little taste of that that way maybe <laughs> um you would kind of have the um more of an envision of, of what the genre might was back then on that so when did you start with the genre, Kevin? Was it when Halo 1 came, first came out? Because I know that's a lot of people's first taste into the FPS uh, genre in general. On that, well, so. well, no, it was actually before that. And I'm going to lump two games kind of into the same box. It was the N64 with uh, GoldenEye and... Um, Oh, what's the the kind of like the golden eye equivalent? Except you were a woman agent. Uh, oh, perfect dark. Perfect dark. Oh, okay. you just brought back some memories too. Remembering Turok of all things on the N sixty four too. So, so that was really my my first foray into the FPS. But really, after that, um, I didn't. It, it really didn't. Gel for the for whatever reason, Goldeneye and Perfect Dark kind of gelled with me, but none of the other more popular FPSs, you know, like you're talking about Quake, Unreal, uh, you know, those games from back in the day, definitely did not did not I, I couldn't mesh with it. And I think when you're talking about being in a LAN party, um, I think had I experienced getting together with a group of friends or people, you know, at least if, even if not necessarily friends, just people face to face, you know, like back in the day at the arcade playing, you know, Fatal Fury or Street Fighter or something like that. Yeah. I'd have a different feeling about it because when I tried getting into the more recent games like Halo 1 and Halo, well, Halo 2, and try the online, the community is just so freaking toxic. And I kind of let that kind of um, uh, weigh in my judgment of that genre, which probably isn't fair. But I mean, when you jump into a, a, a Halo 2 uh, match and ran, and ran, you jump into a random online lobby, and there's an actual clan meeting going on, folks. That literally happened. I, I mean, and this was long before Trump became president, so I can't even put that on him. But there was a freaking clan meeting going on, uh, and I kid you not. And just the, 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 the racism, the all the isms in the world. You know, I, you know, my whole thing. I don't really give a damn what you think about me. Just as long as I don't have to hear it, we cool. Um, and when I'm trying to play a game, especially on a service that I'm paying for, uh, if it's not pertinent to the game at hand, 
um, your your opinion, your personal opinions about what human classification there is under the sun really isn't the issue at that point in time. And that's really running into situations like that really soured me on the genre overall. But um, and like I said before, maybe that's fair. Maybe that's not. But, you know, that's just that's just where I, where I'm at. Uh, with FPS games, but the uh, Des, what you were talking about a little earlier, the and what really kind of opened up for me was the narrative FPS. Um, I kind of discovered by accident uh, with the PlayStation Three when I got a hold of the PlayStation Three, and I think Joe, I might have played it. Uh, Played this game over at your house. I played Resistance, the first one. And, you know, I thought, you know, I still wasn't really feeling the uh, the FPS vibe, but I thought, you know, if I maybe if playing more games like this where I don't have to worry about the online component, um, I'm I, I could get with that, get with this genre. Uh I kind of revisited it again with I missed the first kill zone, but I played well, I, I played kill zone two, never finished it, and then played a little played kill zone three, finished that, never once jumped online with either one of those games. But I went back, skipped resistance two, and played resistance three, and resistance three. I really dug the that that campaign. I really oh, enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, Resistance Three was the the game that kind of brought me into the narrative FPS, and I've continued that enjoyment of that because I almost kind of considered it a genre in and of itself. Um, because we kind of attach a multiplayer component to all, if, if it's a first-person game, particularly if you're shooting somebody in the face, there's de- there's going to be a multiplayer component. That's just kind of sort of how the roots of the genre started. I get that. But I think the narrative FPS is kind of deserving of its own genre in you know maybe sub classification in that genre if, if nothing else because let me tell you i've been enjoying the heck out of wolfenstein the new order um yeah i enjoyed I, it too i enjoyed it too when i yeah. played at joe's house it's a fun it's a fun little game it's a fun game it's got it's got a cool story um, I like just the ridiculousness of it, of you know, of being a one man who is a who is a bullet sponge, who is going around shooting Nazis in the face with automatic shotguns and and ridiculously heavy artillery that no human being would normally be able to pick up by himself. And I like the story as over the top and crazy grindhouse flick type you know, scenario it is, I like it. And that's the type of FPS that I'm more, that I'm, I'm more into. Now the, the difference uh, for me is destiny destiny. The first game um, when I played the beta, 
you know, jumping into people, uh, you know, playing on PS4, jumping into people that I already knew makes the online multiplayer aspect a lot more appealing to me. I don't have to listen to, uh, you know, Johnny 420 XXX, you know, call me nigga all day long. I, I don't need to listen to that nonsense. So I'm in a I'm in a, a a chat with people that I know, and there's some banter, and we were cracking jokes and we're having fun. That that is the only type of multiplayer FPS that I'm ever going to play. Um, if I do play something like a Call of Duty or you know, heaven forbid, I'm talking modern. I, I don't. I, did I have I ever even played a Call of Duty multiplayer game? I don't think so. I, I probably have, but it it, it just the, the the toxicity of that community just just I'm like nah, I'm cool. Um, as long as I don't have to, if I'm in a, a a multiplayer game, if I would I would only play a mode that does not in my you know my friends are not on. I would only play a mode where it doesn't require me to talk to anybody, and that you, you know you don't have party, to talk to anyone. You don't have yeah, to talk part, to anyone. the party system. Well, even before, yeah. until the party systems came about, you had to you know listen to people, and even you know even in the early days of the um, uh, well the the early days of the 360 before the part because I don't think it launched with party chat. Uh, my memory might be a little foggy on there, but I don't think it did. But I, I think Party Chat came a little bit after the launch. Um, you, you know, going in and muting everybody. Sometimes you didn't get a chance to mute everybody, and you know, you still you still heard stuff. But when you're in Party, you're on a separate channel, and as long as I can do modes that don't require communication with members of my own team when I'm not in a you know on a team that with folks that I know I don't have to listen to that stuff so but even still with that I just don't find myself attracted to that aspect of the multiplayer um, uh, of, of FPSs so um, like I said before I, I still think I'm my experience is still a little bit less than the two than uh, both of you but I just kind of let the experiences that I had on the early days of the, the 360 in the FPS genre just kind of just like, I won't say scare me off, but just like I've got better things to do uh, than to listen to some, some hateful bastard on the other end uh, uh, spew his BS, you know, the whole duration of the match. So I, I found myself, you know, just kind of taking the whole genre at a whole and pushing it out, pushing it off to the side until I started running into these uh, narrative driven FPS games. So that's kind of sort of like where I am uh, with the genre. Destiny being the exception with regards to multiplayer and whatnot, but definitely digging the story driven games. So, well, let let me ask you guys this then. Um, where do you see the genre going as a whole 
post destiny? Um, are there like we're in a we're we're kind of at, at a time where we're seeing other games, even though you can say that Sniper Elite is a third person game for the it, it, it does have first person modes. Um, we're seeing, we're, I think, we're, and we're seeing uh, titles like uh, Killing Floor One and Two. Uh, I have um, uh, on PC. Oh gosh, what's the name of that? It's in the the Warhammer universe. Uh, Vermintide, or isn't it in the Warhammer universe? It yeah, might it's be Warhammer. It. Yeah, it's Warhammer. Yeah, it yeah, is. I have Vermintide, and I'm looking forward to finally getting around to play that to playing that game. Um, but games like uh, Sniper Elite and Vermintide are not what you would necessarily call, you know, like AAA blockbuster, you know, pushing your graphics to the max uh, type games. So we're seeing, kind of seeing, but they're they're fun. Uh, are you seeing different trends, uh, like maybe double A or maybe even single A? Uh, content coming in this genre that's appealing to you well, as opposed oh, to the you know like the triple a yeah, definitely i think now is the time for for indie creators more than ever with steam with uh psn with um xbox live i mean there's there's tons of ways for people who want to create games to uh monetize that you know nowadays uh Sometimes a little too much because the quality of games might not be up. Just because you can, just because you can make a game and you can monetize and make money from it, doesn't mean it's a good game. That's another thing. So, so I think there's a ton of indie games out there, and there's a, a and there's a ton of support, you know, for people to actually, you know, make this career, make money off this stuff, and actually, um, you know, be successful. I mean, there's this one guy. I can't remember his name. Um, he was a developer and he, I mean, he's just making a series of games that are like 20 minutes long and they're all like text-based, you know, games that you can, this one, it's about robots. It's just, it's coming out. I don't remember what it's called, but it's, it's just about robots and it looks like you're talking to robots and it's a, and it's a, you know, it's, it's a text-based game where I mean, it takes place in the 3d world, but there's no like combat or anything. You're actually in it for the story. And you can finish the whole thing in like twenty minutes, and it's like five or six dollars or ten dollars. You know, it's like that's what I mean. It's like people, people, indies, you know, and indie creators can. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> indie creators can um, can definitely uh, find a way to get their games or their ideas, you know, to the masses. Again, now if it's good or not, nah, that that really depends. Um, but the ability is there. The only problem with that is even though they have the ability to put it up on Steam, they do not have the bandwidth nor the ability to, to market that game or to let people know that it's out there. Because you could have like a bomb-ass game, but if you don't have the marketing or the push that the AAA games, AAA games have... You know your, your your game can just sit there. You know, and that's that's the big problem. You know that, in my opinion, aside from the the budgets, is what separates you know AAA games from from indie games. I mean, indie games most likely probably going to be a, a smaller studio, smaller amount of people, not as big a budget. Um, you know, and they're they're pushing it. 
You know, mm-hmm. they're pushing it. You know, and and they're and they're using their ability. They're using their ability to push it. So, so my thing to that is, is like I I try you know a lot of different in, indie you know games. Uh, you know, I just downloaded Darkest Dungeon for the first time, waited for a sale, but I did download that. Like I downloaded Yonder. I downloaded you know a whole bunch of you know games just to try them. You know, and that's just because you know I watch gaming videos and I watch reviews and I watch. You know, I, I, I take it. I take it upon myself to educate myself about what's new and what's coming out, and not to seeing you know what EA is doing or what you know Nintendo is doing or whatever. You know, you, you, the games are out there. People just have to have to want to to find it. You know, and I'm finding that the the much more indie games sometimes can be better than AAA because this has a lot more heart. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 for me, like I'm not a I'm not a graphics person. You know, if the game looks good or the art style is awesome, you know, I have you know a plasma TV. Thank you, Joe. Um, and it looks just fine. Like <laughs> these games run fine on it. I don't need a super crazy, you know, rig to do that. I mean that that's one of the reasons why I'm really considering getting a gaming PC. That way I can have access to Steam, you know, and play all these other PC games that I'm missing out on. You know, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it to play AAA games. I'll play those on my Xbox. Sorry, I'll play that on my PS4 or my Xbox One S when I get one. You know, I want to. I want to play indie games. You know, and really experience those stories. So, mm. I, I think if you're listening out there, you know, people who are listening, like you're doing yourself a disservice by not seeing what's on Steam or not seeing what indie developers are creating. Like you're really doing yourself a disservice because there's a ton of games that you're missing out, missing out on. What do you think about that, Joe? Like, where 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 do you stand on that? Well, as far as the FPS genre in general, uh, as far as the smaller studios, it's just it just depends on the type of gameplay that you're kind of looking at. You know, obviously, your Call of Duties, your Battlefields, uh, they're definitely in a uh, feature war, you know, with each other. You know, they're trying to, you know, compete for that triple A dollar per se, uh, where, you know, you got more narrative driven, smaller games. Uh, that are in the same genre that's kind of making it work uh, on there. And uh, there's just a wide variance. You know, you got your AAA, you know, modern shooters like Call of Duty, you know, where where you got the parkour, jumping, that, and Titanfall, Titanfall 2 on there. Um, you know, obviously Halo has been a good tentpole for quite a bit of time for the FPS genre on there. Um Versus, you know, your smaller studios like Rebellion, you know, doing the whole Sniper Elite uh, uh, Strange Brigade, which is coming out the next, you know, four to six months. That looks pretty damn cool. Um, you know, the Nazis um, zombie army trilogy as well. You know, you can look, you think of like uh, studios like Tripwire and Killing Floor 2, you know, just bringing out these games. And there's, a, there's fast-paced action FPS games, which I don't think you guys... Like, you know, in the same genre as, like, uh, I don't know if you ever played a game called Serious Sam or not, or probably the Serious Sam series. I've heard but of they, it. They kind of harken back to the old school Doom, like, just, like, 20 guys running after you at the same time, just, like, running, like, your your ass is on fire or something <laughs> as far as trying to handle all the uh, combat going forth. And then you got to flip the, the coin and look at, like, something like a almost like a survival FPS, like the Metro series, you know, Metro 2033, Metro Last Light, and then the upcoming Metro Exodus where, you know, every bullet kind of counts 
Um, everything is very much, you know, narrative driven. Um, you're kind of making your own story within that world and that first person framework too. So, so I, I, I like to see that, you know, there's room for a whole different types of expression within the same framework of a, of a first person shooter. It's not just your generic call of duty, you know, battlefield type, Mm -hmm. You know, so that's where I kind of see, and, and I'm glad that there's both outlets because to me, sometimes, you know, playing Call of Duty or Battlefield, it's kind of like, you know, going watching a, a Michael Bay film or something, you know, where you, you know what you're getting, you know, you get your high production values, big action, you know, um, you know, you're going into the game, not maybe, maybe turning that section of your mind off per se, you know. As far as not not going to have a deep, you know, um, expressive, you know, even though these these uh, campaigns within these big budget uh, uh, games are quite good, you know, they kind of work at it because they don't want you trading in that game right away, or you know, they want to give people kind of an introduction to the mechanics of the game per se. Like Timefall Two is supposed to be very good in that effect. Same thing with the Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and. Not so much with Battlefield 1 from what I've heard, but, you know, it is what it is. And I hope you guys, you know, I know both you, Kevin, and you, Desmond, haven't really played with the genre all that much. But especially with, you know, the kind of the RPG elements with Destiny and, and enough where to get that, that cool formula that there's other, you know, basically combinations. It's almost like uh, going to cooking school or something. You know, you'd be able to maybe find uh, not just that one kind of hamburger like that, that Bungie offers with destiny, you might be able to get like a steak somewhere else, or like maybe a, you know, a food truck, you know, like an indie studio <laughs> be able to offer some like cool recipe that you've never tried before. Like, you know, hell Korean sliders or something, you know, <laughs> just to bring it down to food analogy. And I'm hoping too, for you guys that I know that PVP is not an easy pill to swallow. It's, it's, you die a lot. You know, sometimes to me, there's nothing better like this weekend where I could just play some PvP, turn my mind off in a way. Um, I, I would hate, I would like to kind of explain it like letting your reactions kind of draw and be the um, reactionary thing where that gameplay becomes not more of a thought, more of a, just just your body just flowing into the whole like you know control method and then be able to get better that way that's how i kind of did you say kinda have, describe... your, have your body just flow into the pvp <laughs> yes like use that's the kinda, force that's, or zen like that? that's zen no yeah, it's, it's like, like wow I, master I, Roshi. When, when i play fighting games when i play uh pvp on first person shooters i kind of take my conscious thought out of it a little bit and make it more to where it's more mechanical in my mind. And so I'm not thinking, I'm just reacting. And so that's what I love about um, playing those type of genres where I'm, I'm just, just kind of letting my actions kind of, it's almost like a free flow kind of thing, you know? So I had, I, I hope I'm explaining it properly, but it's just like, you know, it's like with fighting games, I, I don't think about my moveset. I think of how I react and it's like nothing where I'm consciously saying, oh, I'm going to pull off, off this combo or I'm going to do this, you know, playing, um, world war, world, world war two call of duty this weekend, the beta, you know, I'm turning around, trying to learn the map, 
I'm turning around every corner. You know, I'm kind of making a mental note of how I got shot, who snuck up on me, uh, what pathways I'm looking at, you know, and I think um, if you get past the whole, like, oh, I'm getting my ass blown the F up, <laughs> like my kill-death ratio is horrible at the beginning, um, you kind of learn that, you know, you keep picking up the ball and keep going at it, and you eventually uh, will start to get better. I know you mentioned before where you talked about where you were having a lot of, uh, you know, discomfort playing a first-person camera and playing a shooter and not being able to shoot crap on crap, right, Desmond? on that that after a while you know the uh, mechanics start to kind of sink in and the same thing with a fighting game you know it's like I, I I'm a mediocre fighting game player at best but you know after a while after I played a lot of virtual fighter or played a lot of Tekken or you know Samurai Showdown you know I eventually got better at what I was doing and I think uh, in a way first person shooters are kind of in the same wheelhouse because you've gotten mechanics that you just constantly are repeating and repeating and repeating and you know you just I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't believe that I don't believe that because because when you're playing a fighting game it's you versus one person generally yeah. and and you have a set playing field you know when you're playing uh, uh, and and you can see all, all mostly all four sides of that person, you know, or or the person that you're fighting. Um, for me, it's a situational awareness. Like I can't, like I, I I just can't, like. And I know they give you a map and they give you the radar and they give you all this things, but it draws too much attention for me to do all that stuff. So people will come around the corner if I'm not expecting them, and then I'll jump or or something will happen, and then I'll get I'll get you know shot down. You know, yeah. and so and so I try to be much more ginger and try to like do all this stuff, you know, and I just can't. I, I know, you know, people are going to say, oh, you learn the maps, you learn this, you learn that, you learn your strategies. I get all that. At the same time, I want to play fighting games <laughs> like I want to experience fighting games and good at fighting games because I like the mechanics. I, like stuff. I don't like PVP. I have no desire to get better at PVP, <laughs> you know, gotcha. because it, it, it's um, a format that I just don't like, you know, it's gotcha. Just, I understand, you know, and, 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 and the times that I have played it and I have done well, you know, I think it's, I think it's in spite of that, you know, because the most times that I'm playing, you know, PV, PVP, it's because, of the group that I'm playing with, like you are playing it, Kevin's playing it, yeah, you know, and I'm hanging out with you guys, so that's not so bad, you know. But if I was just to go in there on like an off chance to grind, no, I'm not going to do that, you know. Which is completely different because like I downloaded Absolver, you know, and that's a that's a I mean that's a PvP game, you know, for the most part. You can play offline, but, but you're you go online, you fight other people, you know, and I find myself. And maybe it's because it's a fighting game, but I find myself playing that a lot, a lot easier because I those mechanics I can grasp. It's 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 a three D fighter, you know, in a third person movement in which I can actually look around and see what's going. It's just, may, I don't know, it's just something about it that just doesn't really. Uh, and I wish that I was better. I wish I could do better, you know. And 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 I probably could, but it's just it's just one of those things where I just don't feel like the drive to, you know. Just don't feel the drive to. You you know I I I, I kind of feel you on that one, Des, because I think a lot of my animosity, and I'll call it animosity, 
is because of my experience with the community. You know, I I I I, re, I would reluctantly call it, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, PTSD. Because even though I know I'm not dealing with those people, and, and I don't mean to, I don't mean. No offense to anyone who actually suffers from real PTSD. Obviously, I'm. This is. It's just. I'm using it as a frame of reference. Um, even though I can isolate myself from the uh, quote-unquote unwashed masses when I'm playing a multiplayer game, FPS multiplayer game, in the back of my mind, I just keep. I just keep hearing. Hearing. You know, some little twelve-year-old, you know, cursing and the racial slurs and all that stuff. And it's not that, oh, I'm so, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm such a, a, a cornflake that I just crumble at the first. You know, I'm a black man. I'm, I'm in my mid forties. It's not the first time I've been called a nigga. Probably won't be the last. Okay, uh, particularly in this current environment. But, um, it's like I just don't. When I think of video gaming, I think of this is my this is the X amount of hours that I have in a given day where I can just chill and enjoy my favorite hobby. And I don't want to have it have that tarnished by playing with idiots. And even though I can isolate myself from the idiots. I'm playing a game or a genre that is flooded with idiots. And just even just knowing that just kind of pulls kind of pulls me away from it, you know. And I know, you know, and I know it's not necessarily fair to the game itself because no game can control the type of people that are in it. Now, on the other hand, fighting games. I'll jump into a, 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 a an open lobby in a fighting game, no problem. And people have said that the fighting game community is almost, if not as much, maybe even more so, toxic than the FPS online community. Not phased at all. I, you know, every now and then I'll get a funky text. You suck. You this, that, the other. You know, it it. It doesn't bother me, and I think it's 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 what you were saying, Des. I like the mechanics of a fighting game more so than I like the mechanics of a of an FPS game. And for whatever reason, I'm detached from the toxicity that is pre that is there prevalent, you know, for lack of a better term, in the fighting game community. And I'm just totally just you know, disenfranchise and just want to dismiss the FPS community as a whole. And I think it goes back to digging the mechanics of one or the other. But speaking of mechanics, I want to pose this qu this question to you both. Um, FPS gaming, typically you're running around, you're shooting somebody in the face. Um, the mechanics, quote unquote, are not necessarily you don't necessarily have the the widest or deepest breadth of of gaming options. You're in a first person perspective. What games other than the, the other than Destiny 
have you played in the first person genre that have introduced mechanics that if maybe not necessarily new, maybe repackaged in a different way that makes uh, a genre that is kind of uh, more susceptible to uh, repetitivism than others. What games have in that genre have you come across that maybe repackaged uh, kind of wrote mechanics in a different way that kind of pulled you in? You can think of any off the off the top of your heads. I'll have to kind of chime in and say uh, the Borderlands series because they added all the loot-driven aspects. You love aspects. loot. This man, <laughs> I love, I love that loot. loves loot, y'all. I'm like, there's just that's, something that's how, about loot for him. Like, he will yeah. drag someone around the map, you know. <laughs> if it's dark, like Destiny, he will just loot, 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 loot. It's It's hilarious. Get all the spoils. I want to know I conquered the entire map. You know, that kind of thing. One of those things that I always thought was hilarious, though, because it's like, it's like you're going to, you know, you're going to get better loot later, you know? Oh, I know. I know. You know, it's like, I I get it, I guess, you know? Yes. (laughs) But, you know, I think Borderlands did kind of bring that, like, uh, random um generator as far as you know different weapons and the base be you know they had to where they created a random weapon uh, aspect of the game where you know basically the the game was just generating a new gun you know like there was like millions of different combinations of type of guns that you could pick up and uh rolling that the uh, rng you know rolling that this random generator to be able to see that you got such a badass kick-ass gun or you know armor that kind of thing uh i thought that that kind of mixed it up a bit so i okay des what about you i mean i don't know i mean i guess i have to agree with joe i mean i i do like getting loots i do like running around Uh, that stuff is fun um uh, again i i have to say what you said like i like the i like the rpg elements like if I'm gonna play a first-person sh- shooter, uh, I'm definitely gonna be like if it's if it's like an RPG, I'm more, you know, likely to to do it. You know, more likely to play it. You know, because I really like RPGs and I never really got into like like e- even the even the Metroid for the Metroid for the uh, GameCube when that one came Prime, out. The yeah, Prime series. Even. Yeah, when that came out and it was first person, I was so disappointed. I was so sad. I was like, no, <laughs> but. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? It's, it's not bad. You know, it's it's not bad. I need to not be so, you know, I, I do need to get out of my comfort zone. But at the same time, it's like I was just, I, I like my creature comforts. So. You think you're going to go back to Metroid Prime series and maybe take a look since you've kind of become more uh, uh, familiarized with FPSs in general? Pro- probably not because it's on a it's on a dead system. But um if the if the new one comes out and it's first person, I'll definitely try it. Especially on the Switch, I, I have no idea how they're gonna you know make that. But like I, I'm just I'm surprised that. Well, I'm not surprised because Nintendo never really put anything into VR. You know, since the since the uh, the what is it the VR boy or whatever it was Virtual Boy. Yeah, Virtual Boy. Um, but I always thought it'd be kind of cool to to play as Samus in a virtu- in a in a virtual environment. That'd be kind of cool, you know. Run around and use the and use the the um, 
the the hand grips as your as your visor as your um as your uh weapon that'd be kind of cool you know or, or like a mega man type thing but that's just something for another another episode but but i don't know you know um now that i have a much more much more much more appreciation for for first person shooters in an rp in an rpg setting i'm trying to decide you know if there are ones that i should try so you guys out there you know who are listening let let me know you know let me know about rpgs first person rpgs that you like um that i should probably try same thing with same thing for kevin i know kevin probably would you know if he's like him you know wolfenstein we can probably you know there's probably something else out there and that's a first person type shooter that that's good i mean it's perfect example like i um what is it elder scrolls i would have never played elder scrolls you know, if it if it if it didn't have a third person mode, and I know that isn't same thing with with Fallout. Like I I know those games are supposed to be played in first person, but I've ne- I've never played them in first person, never. Um, but every now and then I'll put in Skyrim just to kind of see how it see how it aged, and I will play it in first person. For, you know, every now and again, you know, because it's it's just I, I get it. It's more immersion. It gives you, you know, you're you're, you're you feel like you're really in it. Like you are that character. You know, it's supposed to intensify the immersion. But it's like, man, I actually like to see my character. I worked hard. I grinded hard for that loot. I want to I want to see myself in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one game that I'm definitely kind of interested in checking out is Super Hot. Oh. Um, yeah, so that kind of. I'm kind of intrigued. It's kind of almost like, from what I understand, you're almost kind of creating your own John, you know, John Woo movie scenes, you know, on the fly because you're not just running around, running in, shooting everybody. You know, as you move, your environment changes and shifts. Your enemies move; they do different things. So you've got to think, okay, I've got this gun. Do I shoot the guy in front of me? But I've got a guy coming up from behind me you know with a you know with a with a hammer what have you how am i going to take care of these two guys at the same time so you're almost it's you're forced to kind of look at the scene overall and address the most uh pertinent threat and that pertinent threat does not necessarily have to be close to you it could be the guy coming around the corner with a gun so you're going to have to deal with him first and then choose your 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 threat neutralization, you know, after that is taken care of. So I, I definitely kind of want to look into super hot. Uh, I next to probably then probably the next time um, it goes on sale on either Steam or PSN, I'll probably uh, snag a copy of that because I am very curious about that. So. I think that was a good discussion, fellas. I, I like that. Um, it particularly f- from coming, you know, for me for th- regarding a genre that I'm not necessarily, I have not historically been the biggest fan of. So let's pose this question to you guys. Let me pose this question to you guys. What are your top three FPS games of all time? Ooh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, I don't even think I have one. I, I know, I know my. It's probably Destiny. Like I really enjoyed that, so that would probably be the one that I have the most love for, and the most like, like I I have the most like, hey, I did this and it's cool and yay would probably be that. You know, I don't think I can't think of anything else. Joe, 
Uh, for me, I mean, there's a long laundry list. In fact, I got a lot of honorable mentions, of course, too. So uh, we'll start with that, and I'm going to go in reverse order. So um, honorable mentions, at least for my uh, past experiences with the genre. Uh, Far Cry 4, I love the Far Cry series. That's my first kind of introduction to actually check out the series on there. Um, enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, enjoyed, like, you know, because I had that um, kind of... Uh, min-max thing where I was obsessive compulsive about, you know, the whole Ubisoft thing about clearing all the spots on the freaking map. I don't know if Assassin's Creed kind of works the same way, but uh, I literally just made sure to cover every bit of territory, do every little sub-mission, that kind of thing. Uh, I enjoyed that game quite a bit. And looking definitely forward to Far Cry 5 uh, coming out beginning of next year. Um, also, another game I don't know if you guys ever played, but this game was called Black. It was on the P, uh, PS2, Xbox, original Xbox, and um, I don't think it ever came out for GameCube, but uh, it was like Criterion, the makers of Burnout's foray into the first-person genre, and the gunplay in that game was just so badass. I don't know. If, it's definitely worthy of, of looking back and you know grabbing the PS2 version of that game. And just taking a look, I mean, that was the first game with surround sound, with, you know, Dolby Digital and everything, where the gun just felt like guns. I mean, literally, it just felt like you just like you just had a gun in your hand and were shooting the damn thing off. And that's how visceral that game felt. And they had a lot of broken glass and a lot at the time where, uh, you know, you got that renderware going. You got, uh, you know, the at the time, I thought that game was just groundbreaking. So. Um, also, Doom on the PS1. Uh, great effects on that particular version of the game. I thought they did a really good port of that game on the original PlayStation. Of course, you know, I talked about all my old school, like, PC days. So, Quake 3 Arena, just playing lots of multiplayer online. Also, Unreal Tournament as well. Enjoyed that quite a bit on there. And I kind of have some, you know, shame, too, in my honorable mentions because, you know... You know, if you look at like a list of like the best games of all time, usually you'll see Half-Life, Half-Life 2 kind of in intersped in that in the discussions. And I have not played either of those games. And uh, I'm still, you know, I still they're on my Steam backlog. It's something I need to just handle and get to it on there. Also, I, I have dabbled in the Halo series, but I haven't really taken enough time to actually sit around and complete an actual campaign on any of the games. And so, you know, given to me that I, I love Destiny so much and I like Bungie's output, at least with that series, not to play the Halo series, it's kind of something to where I'm thinking I might have to circle back to the Master Chief collection and rectify my errors, per se. And then um, I played a bit of Battlefield. My most experience with Battlefield had to be with the first console port, which was uh, Battlefield uh combat evolved i think is the name of the one game it's the game that originally came out on the um original xbox i think it came out for 360 at the beginning of the 360s uh life on there and i enjoyed that uh game quite a bit i think it was battlefield modern combat i think it's, i called it something else just a minute ago <laughs> on that but uh and that was like my first like kind of introduction to like FPS and in, in modern uh, on the console at least at least my first console sh multiplayer shooter you know so 
So those are all good honorable mentions on there. My number three is going to have to be the Borderlands series, specifically Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel. On that, I enjoyed you know quite a bit. I mean, the pre-sequel kind of riffed off 2. You know, I think, you know, even though it wasn't the same developer, uh, they did a, a great job in, uh, you know, getting that uh, formula and the continuation of Borderlands 2 with the pre-sequel. So I uh, enjoyed those games quite a bit. Uh, my number two is... And I couldn't decide on one. And the whole entire Resistance series, this is the like one of the only uh, FPS uh, series that I have completed and finished all three campaigns on. Uh, Resistance 1, Resistance 2, and Resistance 3 on there. So I'm well-versed in the series. I know a lot of people gave Resistance 2 kind of the short end of the stick, quote-unquote. Um, I know they were trying to say it was trying to be too much like uh, Halo at the time. And... Uh, out of the um, P- P- player versus player versions of that series, I played a hell out of Resistance 2. I played quite a bit of the PvP, enough so where I was thoroughly addicted at some point, you know. So I didn't play the Resistance 3 PvP as much on there. It's kind of sad to say that, especially with a lot of these games, uh, you know, there's no servers anymore. You know, you can't play PvP on Resistance. There's no way, no how, no chance. So it kind of makes me sad in a way, but a hey, time go, goes on. So, and then obviously my number one, a thousand hours in has to be uh, Destiny because uh, Destiny is like that, like, you know, that jam, that uh, combination of FPS with like one of my uh, favorite games of all time, which is uh, Fantasy Star Online, that kind of random loot drop that whole you know going and going to different worlds and different maps and kind of reminded there is some um influence of fantasy star online and destiny you could kind of tell you could just tell if you played a lot of that game to see that they added some of that formula into the mix on there so those are my top three those are my honorable mentions so how about you kevin okay for me i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go ahead and hit you with my top three um, number three is going to be Shadow Warrior Two, and the reason for <laughs> if Shadow Warrior Two, uh, I've called it like the blazing saddles of FPS shooters, it is it is politically incorrect. It is some of, some of the uh, lines of the characters speaking the game are just like kill over funny. Um, I have not finished the game yet. I guess if I have to guesstimate, I'm probably maybe like 25-30% through the game at this point. I'm playing it on PC. Um, graphically, it's impressive. You know, you, you get a katana sword and you're, you know, cutting off demon limbs and heads. And, you know, the gunplay really is is... It's okay, but you know, with the weaponry that at least I have at this point in time, I have a lot more fun uh, using the swords the, uh, than I do the the firearms. And that's another thing. Uh, melee combat is difficult to get right in an FPS game, and um, at least, at least from my limited experience, and Shadow Warrior Two does a great job of getting of handling it. You know, you 
wherever you cut, <laughs> you know, you cut something's ear off that you know, it goes flying. You 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 cut something's head off. You know, wherever your blade touches is is where the the cutting's going to happen. So there's some interesting tech, I'm sure, in Shadow Warrior Two. Uh, it's a completely enjoyable game. Uh, number two is going to be uh, Resistance Three, and that was the resistance that really pulled me into actually the game rather that really pulled me into what would later be called narrative first person shooters um i dug the story uh i liked the enemies that you came in contact with you know some of them have and it's been a long time since i played the game but as I recall, some of them had weak points that you had to exploit, and I thought that was that was really kind of cool. Um, uh, the weapons were were interesting. You know, I, I liked using the, what was it was the thing was the auger that yeah. would set up a, a shield that you could also shoot through. <laughs> I thought that was pretty. I thought that was pretty. Insomniac cool. are like you know to me they're wizards and they don't get enough credit for that series and they haven't really touched an FPS since you know so. Yeah, I agree. I would like to see that series return. You know that, that would be like a PSX. I'm kind of I'm I'm with you on that one, Joe. That would be like a PC a PSX wish. You know that they drop a trailer for uh, a resistance, an upcoming resistance game. Uh, and my first game, the top one, and I'm keeping Destiny Destiny out of it, uh, just because it, for all intents and purposes, it would be my de facto number one. You know, 700 hours. But I'm gonna go with Wolfenstein: The New Order because it's. A, it's over-the-top action, you know, one dude running around, you know, uh, dual-wielding machine guns and shotguns and, you know, yanking, you know, Vulcan cannons off of, uh, <laughs> you know, stationary gun emplacements and, you know, going to town on, on anything and everything. The, um, uh, the... The, what, I forget the terminology for it, the alternate history timeline of uh, Nazis taking over, taking over the world, winning World War II, using, uh, you know, occult sciences or kind of a cross between them, the occult and science, you know, kind of like Aleister Crowley kind of meshed with, uh, you know, uh, Robotech, for lack of a better for lack of a better uh, terminology, you know, got these giant robot dogs running around. Um, I really liked it, you know, kind of. And this upcoming one, uh, uh, what is it, the, the new Colossus looks freaking amazing. I definitely like it. I'm kind of getting a, uh, I, I, I got a Grindhouse movie style uh, vibe from uh, New Order and the uh, and New Blood. But the, uh, the new Colossus really kind of brings that home. Uh, and I can't wait uh, to jump into that campaign. And I, res- I respect them for keeping Wolfenstein single player focused because it would be really easy for them to add a multiplayer into that game or into this series, rather. It would make sense. 
it's the FPS. You're shooting Nazis in the face. You know, why why wouldn't you want a multiplayer? I I respect their decision because it's keeping their focus on the story, on the single player mechanics, the campaign that make that series so much fun. So I think they deserve a lot of praise for not, you know, pooling whatever resources that they would need to apply that to a multiplayer component and thereby, you know, just by the act of doing that, pulling some resources away from the single player campaign. So I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. So um, those would be my my top three. But we also posed that question to you, the fine listeners of our show, and uh, we got some responses back from that. So uh, Trader Joe, you want to hit us with the responses from our listeners? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we got five listener votes on here. So first one's from uh, Surgeon Fire, Jason. He stated that uh, his favorite FPS of all time has to be Destiny. It might change tonight with Destiny 2, though, what he says. So so one vote for Destiny there. And then uh, the next listener is Sam, uh, goes by uh, Volagus on Twitter. Uh, his favorite FPS of all time is Halo Combat Evolved. Okay, and then uh, number three, our friend Guru007. He could be found on uh, Twitter at uh, zero guru 7 On there, uh, Battlefield Four. He said sixty-four player madness. I don't know if you guys know, but you could get up to sixty-four players in Battlefield Four, which I have never played. It was probably rectify that. That probably sounds like just zany as all hell. Probably hell to you guys though. <laughs> Good spawn choice. Spawn die. Spawn die. Spawn die. Love it. <laughs> well, that sounds okay. about right, my friend. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm tired of giving friend. people free kills. You know, <laughs> no free kills hey. on me. Nope. Well, you gotta like help someone else's kill death ratio, right? <laughs> I got my KDR up to. I'll let 30. you do that, Joe. All right, and then our friend Raphael. Ogun22 on Twitter. His my favorite FPS of all time is the Battlefield series and the Halo series. As for a single game, it has to be Halo 2 of all. So have you either of you two played Halo or any of the games in the series? I played Halo. I played uh Um I played one of them at your house. I know that. Probably the last one. And then I played another one. But that the, the one that I played before was just like multiplayer. Um, and I was like, gotcha. nope. And then I played the first part of I want. Is it the fifth one? When was the last one that came out on Xbox? I can't remember. It's Halo about three six three sixty or Xbox One. I think it might have been an Xbox One. Was there a Halo that came out on Xbox One? Yeah, Halo yeah. Five. Yeah, yeah Halo, Halo 5. Five. I played Halo Five. I played the, f- the first beginning mission at your house, and I was like, okay, you know, it was all right. Have gotcha. nothing but the lore, so I was just like, eh. Yeah. All right. And yeah, then I, th- I think I finished the first I, I finished co- uh, Combat Evolved and I think I finished two, but I never finished the rest of any of the other ones. So they didn't really resonate with you, though, right, Kevin? Not really. Sure. Not really. Yeah. Not really. Gotcha. All right. And then our last but not least, our last vote is from our friend Alberto. Uh, he said he would have to vote for Goldeneye on the N64. I played so much with friends that making our own 
own matches like with all rockets or one bullet kills with pistol on there. So that good old old school split screen N64 action on there. So I played quite a bit of GoldenEye to myself. I enjoyed what I played, but uh, I, I don't know. I love Turok better, man. Turok was with all that, you know, that foreboding fog. <laughs> if you guys remember that or not. <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, how they, what was that used as a, because of the limitations of the hardware. Yeah, because I they guess can, they used the fog to hide the draw distance. You know it. Yeah, <laughs> I still enjoy it. I mean, hey, dinosaurs got like you know bow and arrow, you know, all sorts of crap, and I, I think that game was a good uh, single player FPS for its time. So mm-hmm. it, it did what it had to do, and then Acclaim milked it to hell and back. But that's a claim for you. So <laughs> all right, so. And like we announced on the show last week, we do have some games up for um, to win based on your guys' responses. So um, I have my random number generator ready to go here. So as far as what we have available, as far as our fine selected prizes, we have a code for Strafe on the PS4, which is a uh, game from the Devolver Digital that's kind of like almost like an old school love letter to old uh, uh, FPSs like Quake on there. It's very inspired by Quake, but it's a roguelike FPS, if you believe that or not. So, And then I also have as well in the care package, whether you want to say it's a, a disdain as a copy of Homefront, the revolution for PlayStation 4 as well. So, so that's a game I've been meaning to get back to. That's the game that at launch, literally me and Kevin were laughing at it. <laughs> like how horrible it was. Uh, you remember your experiences with that, Kevin? Yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I do. The, the, uh, the graphical glitches, the uh, being shot through walls. Yeah. The Okay. <laughs> all that wonderfulness. We're trying to hold on to our listeners now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well, I was going to say, Kevin. And, yes, and don't alienate you anybody. Should, you should give this game another shot because it's been s- patched like multiple, multiple times. They've gotten the game to where it's actually plays decent, plays good on there. They kind of compare it to a Far Cry of all things, the way really? it plays. But yeah, they've gotten um, PlayStation 4 Pro support up the yin yang for it um it p- plays so much better than what it did uh at launch on there i actually loaded the game up a couple weeks ago and was com- kind of getting my old memories kind of filtered out and so i think this is a game you could get cheap at gamestop it's like literally like i think 10 bucks i think the copy that i'm throwing in the care package i ac- actually got it for even cheaper and so I just thought it would be a good aside to throw to a listener and maybe be a good impetus to kind of pull that game out of our backlog, at least for myself, and kind of play around with it because it does support co-op play as well. So okay. on that. So so with n- no, without further ado, do we have a drum roll here or someone want to go? Boo, 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 boo. There you go. All right. Number one wins. Number one. So, number one happens to be Surgeon Fire, Jason. So, congratulations. You have won our wonderful care package. And so, we will contact you. Congratulations. Um, after the Congrats. show. Yes. 
we'll get your mailing address again. I think you won something on Gamer Husbands. I think we sent you a copy of Earth Defense Force, if I believe so. So yes, he's he's our Meef J. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, uh, and for the other people that kind of lost out, well, you know, guess what? Check out Strafe. Um, look for Homefront. Um, if you can find it at a local Red Box, you can get it for a hot dollar ninety nine for sale. So. So nice. Take a look at that. And uh, we'll throw some other wonderful stuff in the package as well. Some surprises. Surprises. There might be some other FPS games of, of certain uh, quality included in the package as well. So That's awesome. That's awesome. So, folks, we are coming up on – we're going to do our playlist right now. I'll tell you what we've been playing this past week, particularly with uh, some of us having an extra day to get in some additional gaming. Um, mine is real short and simple. I played Persona 5, and I'm actually literally, finally, uh, after over 300 hours, <laughs> you know, one restart, I am actually fighting the final boss. Yay! So, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm happy for you, Kev. That's yeah. great. Like, it took a while, but you did it. You yes, got there. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, you, I'm, I'm not a trophy hound, but uh, you would think I'd probably, I'd have more trophies for this game considering how many hours I put in. I don't really have that many. Uh, and there are specific things you have to do, and a lot of those things, I, I, I'm not really into trophies and achievements at all, really. But um, I just kind of, I was just kind of thought it was a little bit funny considering how how few trophies I actually have. But have enjoyed this game uh, immensely up to this point, and looking forward to wrapping it up. Um, but this game is definitely going to stay in my library for forever and a day because it is probably my favorite RPG period. You know, it what they did, what they did with everything, you know, tying, you know, your your social links into how your abilities uh, improve in combat and the mechanics tied to activating those combat abilities in a turn-based RPG, which I do not like turn-based games. Y'all know turn-based is not my jam. But he does not like it, y'all. Don't like it. Uh, beginning with Persona 4, uh, playing the golden version on Vita, dug that, and they just kind of pushed the envelope in redressing some of those mechanics uh, in Persona Five, the 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 soundtrack is 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 freaking sublime. Uh, just everything about it is just awesome. So Persona Five, awesome. Also at work um, on my 2DS, uh, I've been playing Tokyo Rumble, uh, Kunio Kun Tokyo Rumble. And I have been enjoying the heck out of that game as well. It is a Kunio Kun game, River, aka River City. And you know, I'm just going around uh, be, building up my character, uh, kind of building up. Uh, you don't really build up your your AI characters, the guys, the folks that you team up with. You just have to have enough 
burgers and fries to keep their their health up as you you know as they help you fight but that game is 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 now getting to a point where it's really challenging and i'm enjoying it a lot you know i have to keep um uh keep an eye on my uh items uh menu to make sure that that i have enough energy uh to make it through uh some of these boss fights they've been really challenging uh it's an awesome brawler awesome little beat em up in a uh kind of a in a the kunio kun style graphics kind of 8-bit inspired from the river city ransom uh game on the nes and i'm totally just just digging that game right now so i think i'm near the end of that i think i've got one or two more gangs to beat up and uh, I'll be I'll be wrapping that title up. But if you have a 2DS and you like brawlers, check out Tokyo Rumble. Um, I think the game is a Amazon recently got their their stock in. I don't know if it's the version that comes with the keychain or not. That's the one I got. Uh, definitely worth the money. So that's what I've been playing. So Des, what's been in your rotation this past week? Um. Well, I've been playing a lot of different games, actually, just bouncing around. Um, uh, I just downloaded Darkest Dungeon, like I said earlier. So I've been playing that a lot. And it's fun. A lot of fun. It's not as punishing as people will lead you to believe if you realize what you're doing, you know what you're doing. So, you know, I spent most of the day just listening to podcasts uh, about, listening to videos about Darkest Dungeon and getting and getting my bearings on it. Because, like, if you don't know what you're doing, the game is very punishing. So... Once you know what you're doing and you have like a so pseudo board map of what you roadmap what you need to do, uh, it takes difficulty out of it a little bit. But the game still is 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 pretty hard. Uh, but I've been really 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 enjoying that game. Uh, what other games I've been playing? Uh, still playing Monster Hunter. That's getting ready to come out. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So I've been playing the demo with that. I mean, I'd love it. I just sit down and I just you know ride my monsty and just. You don't have a lot of fun with it. It's just, it's very silly. Um, I've also been playing. Um, what else have I been playing? Uh, also been playing Diablo. Joe, uh, Joe, like I said, Joe got me back into Diablo, so I've been playing that a little bit. Uh, downloaded Deadpool, so I started playing that game a little bit. I probably will not finish it because it's a little too. Uh, fourth wall breaking, a little bit too absurd. Uh, I'm a huge X-Men fan. Never bought the game because I thought it was a cash grab to have it be at the price on the PS4, but I got it for like $15, so I was like, okay, like I'll play this. Um, but even still, it's like, I just, I don't know. This, the game is just not resonating with me. But, but the main game that I've been playing um, for the last week was Absolver. Uh, that game is just really good. It started off really kind of weird because the um, servers were down. Um, I guess they didn't anticipate as many people playing it as there were because the servers just, you couldn't sign on, which is fine because it has an offline mode. And actually, it's better to play the game offline instead of jumping into it because if you play the game from the get-go online, you're probably going to get your ass handed to you. You know, because what they didn't tell you is all the people that got early access? To my knowledge, all the people that got early access and the Steam player or the and the, um, the 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 streamers and all that stuff like that, they got to keep their characters. So they've had like at least a week jump start ahead of you. So if you meet one of them, they're gonna kick your ass. Um, but how you learn moves is by letting people blocking and evading attacks from NPCs or other players. And if you do it a certain amount of times. 
you know, blocking will get you a certain amount of experience towards a new move, and uh, doing your special evade move will get you more. But once you have filled up this little circle, you learn that move now, and then you can add that to your combat deck in order to string string together moves to 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 fight people. So I spent a lot of time, you know, playing the 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 three starting schools of fighting, uh, learning which one I liked the best, and then started playing it. So I, I've actually played more time running around doing the... Well, I restarted a lot. It's crazy. I just how I am, you know, um, changing my looks and all that. <laughs> and it's funny because you wear a mask, so you, you, you're literally just changing the hair <laughs> <laughs> and the skin color. That's kind of funny. But, um, but yeah, running around, learning moves, uh, getting better moves, and then uh, increasing my, my fighting decks. And this, the, the movements, like the fluidity of movements in the game is astonishing. It's just how moves flow into each other and how weight, what you're wearing, affects how fast or how slow you move. Uh, countering is just amazing. Blocking feels amazing when you're able to, you know, when you're able to be in a fight, you know, and block because the NPCs attack in a certain way. So you, you can see their patterns and then they do that on purpose so you can learn how to do the moves. Um, but when you're fighting an, a, a, another opponent, you know, a real opponent in PvP, which the game encourages you to do that because you get. You get uh, student levels. You get you get character levels, and so you 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 get more out of the game the more PvP you play, and you get you, you, that's the thing. Whether you win or lose, you get something, and that's what I like about the PvP in this. Like I get my ass whooped all the time in PvP. Like I, sometimes the timing is off. Sometimes you know because. It, like if you you have a stamina bar, and then you have to chain your moves together to to effectively reduce the amount of stamina you use, and you can't block for forever. So there's all these little stipulations that you're doing. So when you're fighting someone, and you're able to anticipate their moves by watching them, and then block or parry a move that they do, it feels so gratifying. It's like I was able to time this person's attack. You know, if you ever played um. If you've ever played Street Fighter, you know, uh, when they did the air dash, no, the uh, the block where you can, like, you time it just right, you'll block a fireball or some shit like that. That's that's how it is in this 3D fighter. And I'm sure that's been done in other fighters, but, like, this is the first time in which I've played it. And I was just like, damn, this is really, like, it's just, it's just great when you're, when you're able to string together combos and actually, you know, take someone's health down. They have to back up or some shit like that. It's like... It's good. Like it's really, really fun. Um, it's a fun nice. game, you guys. It's thirty bucks. It's an indie game. Um, I, you just need to play it. Just play it. It'll probably be on sale coming up soon. But just buy it. Increase it. And and what's really fun is so far as I've met people on PvP and the and and I'm very happy about this. The community is not toxic yet, and and I hope it doesn't become toxic, uh, because when you walk up to someone in the wild. You know, when you're walking around in the wild, most people will 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 want to help you and run around together and fight people and beat the shit out of people because the game gets increasingly harder if you play online versus if you play solo. There's just more there's just more NPCs around. So you, if you're playing running around by yourself uh, online, you can get a, assaulted by like four or five different four NPCs and you just whoop your ass. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but it but it feels so gratifying if you're able to like whoop all their asses. It's like last dragon shit up in here it's great you know so, <laughs> so like i really enjoy it like I, I really enjoy it i think you guys should definitely try it 
Um, there is no demo for it, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But it is only thirty dollars, you know, and it's it, it it's is it as good as a triple A game? No, because they don't have the the bandwidth and the ability to make it as crisp. But the game looks good. They've did a whole bunch of patches, at least two major patches. I have not. I have not uh, had a problem signing on. There is a couple of glitches, you know, when a lot of people get onto the screen. Like if you and another person are fighting like a group of five people, the shit will start to stutter. And that's just, I think they're just working on the stability because I, I honestly think they didn't think as many people were going to play the game. But it's well worth your time. And I really enjoy it. So I say, you know, pick it up. And I know Joe has it. Joe's going to be getting it. Did you finally get it, Joe? No, I will not be getting it until probably the end of September, beginning of October. That's when. And why um, is this, the, Joe? Why is this? I order. I ordered the physical version. I ordered the physical disc from Special Reserve Game, which is the um, uh, basically the company that's set up by Devolver Digital to do their physical media which and is great. do. But what else did you yeah. get with it? Come on, what else did you get with it? Come on. Um, I got the collector's edition, so I figured. Uh, <laughs> What's the collector's edition? Got to tell them. All right, let's go and look at it right now. You, you got you got a mask, right? Yes, I have a one to one real life mask. He has yeah. a real life <laughs> Devolver mask, and there's like a ton of masks. That's the one thing about the game is just like ton of shit that you like you get in the game, and all most of the stuff is just colored differently. But but like you can the 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 amount of clothing you can wear in the game is amazing, and and, and it affects your weight and what you do. But the fact that he actually got an Absolver mask, like, I'm, I'm planning a special trip, you know, to see you just so I could see this mask. Like, it's, it's hilarious. Dude, if, if anyone out there still wants to order, it's still available. Special Reserve Games is a little bit different than Limited Run Games, where Limited Run only puts the uh, game up for a limited amount of time, usually the day of. But it's 60 on bucks, there. Right? It's 60 bucks. Um, the standalone PS4 version, the numbered disc, which they're only going to be making uh, 2,800 of. Is going to be thirty four ninety nine on there, which is about five bucks extra. Yeah, and it is numbered on there, and then also the um, collector's edition, only going to be printed up for uh, three thousand two hundred fifty copies available for that, and that's uh, available for pre order right now. Uh, for I believe for seventy four ninety nine. I don't know that mask. The mask looks kind of cool, so I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it comes with all the DLC. Yeah, it comes with a numbered box plus a region free disc. Comes yeah. with the one to one scale wearable mask with display base. Um, it comes to... with a fifty two page art book. Oh, uh, the art stick, book too. Uh, stickers and uh, that's it, man. But uh, I might have to do some yeah. cosplay as an as, a, as an absolver. <laughs> 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 but anyway, that's that, that's the game that I've been playing. It, you know, if you really want to support a good game and actually give this money into the, to these developers, I would say this is a game to support. It's really good. I, I've really enjoyed my time with it. So, Gio, what have you been playing? Um, earlier this, in the week, I was playing Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition. Uh, I haven't got a chance to revive my Necromancer as of yet. I know that's the character class I was playing with you, multiplayer at least. And uh, I've been getting my uh, monk up uh, almost to the end of the Reaper of Souls content. So I am almost to the last battle on that um also this weekend got into the call of duty world war ii beta as i alluded earlier in the show enjoyed that quite a bit that i, I have not played a call of duty game proper since probably like you know two or three you know i've I dabbled in four 
um, and um, played that quite a bit the single player campaign. But I'm going. I came into this like demo just kind of. Oh, let me give this a shot. Let me see what what's up with it. You know, I played a little bit of uh, Black Ops Two, I believe, on the Wii U of all things. But <laughs> um, I enjoyed what I played. You know, it's just like I just played Team Deathmatch. I didn't go and play any of the other uh, games that were available. And uh, you know, just like playing Iron Banner on Destiny or any other uh, Team Deathmatch. Uh, it kind of just scratched that itch for me and the fact that, you know, the usual Call of Duty multiplayer, the uh, unlocks, the um, leveling up of your weapons, you know, all that's obviously very old school, very addictive on that. And uh, enough so where I'm very looking forward actually to playing the game proper once it comes out in November. So surprise, surprise, you know, I've kind of given Call of Duty kind of short strip in the uh, latest years i have not picked it up i have not played any of it I, I bought infinite warfare i'm still wanting to play the single player campaign on that um if you're looking to buy that like i know desmond you alluded that you said you're interested you could get that game used for like 13 bucks from walmart right now so with the free uh, in-store shipping so hot damn deals 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 okay I also played the uh, Ease 8 demo, which is available on PSN right now. Um, I actually completed it because it was in a language I could understand. I played it before you know, downloading the demo off the Japanese store, but uh, NIS America uh, put the demo out uh, in English on PSN. And uh, last night, I couldn't put that damn thing down. I wanted to complete it before I went to bed because there was no way to save. And I got to the second boss battle, beat the demo. I'm very much looking forward to the game proper to come out, which will be out um, not this week, but next week on that. So uh, keep an eye out that for that, though. It's uh, already gotten great reviews. I know DualShockers.com gave it a 9.5 and said it's like one of the best action RPGs that they've played in their life. So it's like, you know, it, it, in the, the gameplay, the way it plays is that you control three characters, but... It's not like a Tales game or something where you, the other two characters are kind of, they are running in the background, but it's, it's not to where it like pauses or going to any sort of uh, separate menu combat or anything like that. You're fighting in the field, and so you're able to give commands to your other two NPC characters, but there is a button where you can basically switch between all three characters on the fly, too. So, And there's, you know... Um, combat where, you know, obviously you're doing button combinations to do specials and supers. It's not, you know, super involved, like maybe a DMC or something like that, but it's enough. So where it definitely got the hook on there with all the usual, um, you know, picking up uh, treasure chests in the field and be able to pick up like, you know, additional items and additional um, armor and that kind of thing. Uh, there's a cooking component to the game as well on there which i kind of got a few recipes unlocked but you're able to at your home base be able to cook up you know medicinal stuff be able to heal yourself on there and uh just enjoy what i played so far i'm definitely going to take the time even with d2 wreaking its havoc this week to um you know unwrap that game and try to get to it sooner than later so is that, that getting a physical release yeah, it's a physical release yes okay Yes, it's a NIS America happened to sneak and steal the publishing rights from because Exceed is the company that usually has brought out all the Ease games for quite a bit of time on there. Uh, but 
you know, if you're looking for, you know, Ease is an old series, you know, and I started playing the first one on the Sega Master System back in like 1988 on it. So, I mean, it's kind of evolved since then, obviously, and evolved for the better on that. So, but yeah, that's going to be released physically. And there's also plenty of Ease games for the Vita and also on the PSP, which you can play on the Vita as well. So if you're looking for something portable, Kevin, um, that might be something to try to grab. I know that the Ease uh, game on Vita is, is quite good, too. So. Okay, okay. I'm gonna, might, have to, might have to scope that out. No, well, I, I was cur- I'm definitely curious about it. It's probably one I want to pick up. Um, just gonna juggle it between. I'm trying to keep my expenditures kind of low because I got uh, some major events coming up. Yeah, so. I mean, if you don't want to pick up Ease Eight right now, I mean, you could pick up a copy of uh, Ease Memories of Celsetta for the Vita for uh, 19 bucks used or you know 20 bucks used at GameStop. So you know, or you could pro- probably find comparable prices like maybe on Amazon or other places. So, okay. so. Might be a good thing to do. That's that's another game in my backlog I need to get to. So, yes, the backlog, the backlog. Yes, <laughs> tis the season. <laughs> but uh, speaking of uh, backlog, we're going to talk about some news items that are probably going to generate even more backlog for you. So, Trader Joe, you want to hit us with the the news of some upcoming games that. Uh, Folks might find piques their interest to add to their backlogs as well. <laughs> you know it. Uh, so, yeah, this weekend at PAX, uh, Image Informed Games um, dropped more news about SteamWorld Dig 2. The game will be coming out for uh, both PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, with release dates later on in the month. It got announced, too, at Nintendo's um, indie event you know, earlier in the weekend at PAX on there so it will be coming out for a nintendo switch on september 21st and then on playstation 4 and playstation vita on the 26th on there it's cross by will be 1999 on there um if you haven't played the first steam world dig um i would maybe equate it to like a uh like a metroid action scroller or you know uh, action game but it has a digging component kind of like spelunky or dig dug if you can imagine that so and it's story driven for sure uh the maps are awesome i enjoyed what i played i finished the first game on that have you guys either of you played the game at all or played around with it i think i played the demo a little bit it's a 2d kind of uh you you find you you acquire a new tool and you use that tool to get to other uh, previously inaccessible areas, right? Correct. And then you're able that to, type of, okay, yeah. And you're able, you're, is, it, yeah. is it the one with the robot? Yeah, it's the one with the robot. Okay. Yeah, yeah I have I have played that game. It's not bad. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a really good game. You gotta give it a shot, you know, especially if the first game's cheap or whatnot. Uh, but basically, the whole premise of the game is that Rusty the robot was the one that saved the day, but uh, basically he is missing now in this uh, plot line. And so uh, his sidekick, Dorothy McCrank, has to try to find him. So on there. So this whole thing about, you know, explaining the story of Dorothy on there, talking about upgrades that she obtains to be able to go ahead and, and adventure out and try to find 
uh, rusty and see if he could be recovered on there. So, so there's like I believe there's going to be a uh, a hook in the game, a hook shot on there. So it's like uh, you know, like almost like a bionic commando, like uh, wire kind of gameplay, which uh, is pretty badass. So I'm I'm getting this game pre-ordered on there they're guaranteeing that there's a little bit longer of a gameplay experience they said that the game should last about 10 hours give or take which is i think good value for the money for 20 bucks so so definitely looking forward to it. i was very excited to see that they did announce the game so definitely check out some uh, video of it uh, and can become more familiar it's a very good indie game it's uh, worthy of your uh psn or uh, nintendo points if need be so all right, and next game that kind of got announced over the weekend, they confirmed that they're bringing back an old IP. Um, new Nightmare Creatures project was announced from indie developer Albino Moose on there. I don't know if you guys ever played the original Nightmare Creatures. It even warranted a sequel back in the day. It was originally released on PlayStation, Dreamcast, and N64 back in, um, at least at the beginning of 1997 on there. I know Dreamcast wasn't around in 1997, so on that but uh they are bringing out this game the trailer is reminiscent of visual graphics that one would see in a game release on the original playstation on there uh, that said the game is in early development and what's was shown in the introduction video is said this change on there so game's never been known for its uh graphical prowess on there but uh to me, a lot of the old IPs from like back in the PS1 era, the you know, the first 3D genre era, haven't really been revisited, and it's kind of funny that they obtained the um, IP back, the rights for this IP back. And uh, have you, either you or uh, Kevin or Desmond, have played the original Nightmare Creatures? I know there was even a sequel too. So I, I played have. one and two. I never have. You play one and two. What's your what's your opinion of them? Because I'm trying to remember the hooks. I remember I played the original Nightmare Creatures. I don't think I played two. So yeah, I had to go back and look at some YouTube video because I knew that I had played the games, but I couldn't remember exactly how they went. The first one, you had a choice between two characters, uh, a swordswoman and a monk who carried like a, a bow staff. And the second one, you were like this—you um, were like this criminally, not criminally insane, but you were in a mental institution, and you were formerly of this uh, organization that you were—you were almost kind of sort of—I guess you were. I, I can't remember if you were in league with Aleister Crowley or if you were opposing <laughs> him, one or the other. But okay, sounds either way, yeah, because <laughs> they're both regarding Aleister Crowley because Aleister Crowley, you know, summon up all these demons and monsters trying to take over the world. The monk and the swordswoman take him out in the first game. I think in the second game, the swordswoman is your ally that you have to go and rescue. I want to say that's how the second game goes, but I'm not 100 percent. Graphics are not good, <laughs> even by even at uh, you know for that at that time. But the the games were fun. Um, yeah, you could you know chop werewolf arms off and chop mm -hmm. off zombie heads and you know very uh, uh, coarse dismemberment abilities that were that were just kind of. 
that were fun for the, for that period in time, but uh, neither one would set the world on fire at all graphically, but they were fun games. So I'm happy to see uh, this a return uh, of that series, and hopefully they can build and you know obviously you know improve the graphics from that. Oh, the second one was even released on the Dreamcast. I was looking at some screenshots now, and actually it looks not too bad. The game got released, uh, published by Konami, at least, on the Dreamcast. And they even have music from Rob Zombie, believe it or not. I think the main character was based off Rob Zombie uh, in his his design. I want to say that I might be wrong. But that's that's kind of what I want to say. I think he had something to do with the design of the of the of the protagonist. Yeah, it's this big mummy looking dude with like you know uh, blood just coming up and the samurai sword and all this other stuff. So yeah. looks kind of badass. So and it kind of brings back those old school like you know first generation PlayStation memories of just like you know those 3D games just kind of experimenting with things. You know, so. Yeah. Good that at least they'll give it a shot. We'll see if it kind of comes in uh, the cohesion and actually gets released. So, all right. Next news story I kind of want to cover is that uh, uh, people want to know about Final Fantasy XV's um, upcoming uh, patch for the Xbox One X. Uh, they revealed that the um, game will be updated for the Xbox One X after the console's release on November 7th. Uh, they stated that the uh, game will support native 4K, but only on the PC, while the Xbox One X will run natively at 3K resolution and then will upscale to 4K using checkerboard technology, which is the same solution adopted on the high visual settings on the PlayStation 4 Pro on there. So, And for true 4K, uh, unfortunately, you Xbox One X fans out there, you're going to have to get a gaming PC and a rig to play it in true 4K on there. So the Windows Edition also will support the NVIDIA GameWorks tech, including physics simulation that's been embedded in the Luminous Engine. It will also, also support uh, for Windows Sonic, which is a proprietary spatial sound tech for Windows 10. That will also support because of its uh, supporting uh, Windows Sonic uh, Dolby Atmos hardware as well on there so so any thoughts you guys i know a lot of people have been speculating back and forth about you know what the xbox one x will do versus the playstation 4 pro and you know a lot of heat has been online at least uh you know at least on twitter about you know how many k's are on one and how many k's are on the other (laughs) (laughs) I think it's what we what we've known since you know Digital Foundry started digging into this hardware. Uh, I, uh, uh, shout out to this uh, YouTuber Craig Harris. He said it's the Xbox One X is like the PlayStation Four Pro, except it does a little bit mo. And <laughs> that's exactly what it yeah, does. That's, that's that is exactly, exactly what it does. Right. You know, people thinking this was going to be, you know, the equivalent. And, you know, you got to you got to say you got to say. Going back to the PlayStation 4 Pro announcement. Mark Cerny said you need at least eight, preferably nine teraflops on a CPU that's not bottlenecked like the Jaguar to achieve native 4K. 
that's what he said, you know. Um, and that was at, you know, native 4K, you know, approaching 60. That's not even a locked 60. I mean, the 1080 Ti is still kind of wavering on from some of the benchmarks I've seen, depending on the game, uh, on the 60 frames per second stuff. So we're learning why, because this is a mid life cycle, you know, jump, just a little bit, you know, higher uh, graphics ability, you know, performance ability. Just like the PlayStation 4 Pro, is it more powerful than the Pro? Yes, it is. Is it going to be starting from a higher native resolution than the Pro? Yes, it is. But it's not going to run it at 60 frames. It's still going to be at 30. There may be some additional, you know, graphic effects that are going to be in, in the 1X version that aren't in the Pro. Is that worth an additional hundred dollars? That depends on the person. That depends depends on the customer. Yeah. But it's it, not, you know, like like Craig said, it's like the pro, just a little bit more. A little and bit people more. Need to chill. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, everyone does calm down because I've seen so many. Uh, uh, I I could go buy rolls and rolls of Reynolds wrap because of all the bungee uh, holding back. Oh gosh! I, I'm ready too. to start. I'm ready to start handing out tinfoil hats at this point. I mean, I wish there was a way that you could. There needs to be a tinfoil hat dispensary because, you know, the the claims that oh they're they're holding this game back, they're holding this game back, they're holding this game back, and even for games that have the marketing rights with Microsoft, i.e. Anthem, i.e. Assassin's Creed. Um, those games are, are, are up checkerboard 30 frames per second. If you want the native 4K uncompromised with quotes, you're going to have to go to PC. And let's be honest, if that is really that important to you, you're a PC gamer already. <laughs> you know yeah you're right you're a pc gaming already gamer already this this is it 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 the the fanboy the fanboy wars are are uh and the fanboy you know trying to trying to find a a a conspiracy where there is none it's just it's just crazy it's like y'all you know or if you're if you're console only, don't want to mess with PC. Hey, enjoy your One S, enjoy your vanilla PlayStation Four Slim, and just tell both Microsoft and Sony, "Yo, I'll see you at PlayStation Five, I'll see you <laughs> at Xbox Two, and call it a day." Yeah, it just depends. I know Xbox One X is exciting for people that are more inclined for the Xbox platform in general and it's it's a good thing it's not a bad thing so no I'm, but, I mean, uh, I'm not saying it's a bad thing but folks are are like trying trying to say oh well it, it's good it's better than a, a high-end gaming pc no it's not quit 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 lying y'all quit quit drinking the kool-aid it is, high, it is high like high a pro, on the just a little bit mo <laughs> high on the vapors so yeah all right, and next news story, um, Gearbox teases that 90% of the studio is working on 
uh, quote unquote, this is from Randy Pitchford, the uh, CEO of, uh, of Gearbox Software says they are quote unquote working on the thing. I think most of you guys want us to be working on quote unquote. So, so uh, basically they are kind of throwing that little bit of hint, even though, you know, yeah, we haven't seen Borderlands three splashed on the latest issue of Game Informer at all, but they are definitely working on Borderlands three for all intents and purposes. So, so back at the beginning of August, uh, take two CEO Strauss Zelnick hinted to a game that will be released between April 1st, 2018 and March 31st, 2019. That could be Borderlands three. And unfortunately it was, has still not happened been confirmed as of yet but uh, uh randy pitchford did explain that the studio has about 300 people in its headquarters in frisco texas and another 70 or so in its new studios in quebec city canada on there so they are working hard on borderlands 3 so so good news at least we'll see in, until the unveiling comes out on that so um, next news story, which we kind of were talking about on Twitter a little bit this last week, Sony has announced different versions of the DualShock 4. See-through crystal controllers are finally coming out in the U.S. and Europe on there. I know the crystal clear controller came out in Asia uh, with the first version of the DualShock 4. I believe it wasn't even last Christmas. It was the Christmas before, and it was on import for like 85 bucks. On there, so the new controllers will be the 2.0 design, which has the extra light bar on there as well. As far as where you could buy these, they're going to be available for a hot retail suggested price of 64.99, which you'll probably be able to get cheaper as the um, months kind of pare down and Christmas and Thanksgiving come around, of course. But uh, the Crystal Clear DualShock 4 is going to be available exclusively at GameStop. Uh, the blue controller, I believe, let's see if it's mentioned in the article here, uh, will be available, and it's not listed, unfortunately. So, crack internet research. Well, basically, the the blue and the red one will be available at Best Buy and at Walmart. And I'll get that information for you real quick here. So, what's your guys' thoughts and opinions on the uh, Crystal Clear controllers on the DualShock 4? So. They look pretty, I, but I ain't gonna buy them. You don't care about no shell? Not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's come on. They did. I can you remember those old, those old like clear ones or the gray ones for the PS2. Like I'm cool. I don't need the red one. Looks nice. The blue ones looks nice. I don't know. Just it, it's a cosmetic thing. It's a luxury item, you know. So I don't need it. Y'all can buy them though. Have fun. I was I was tempted to to get the crystal when I first heard about it, but I was like, yeah, I don't want to pay 80, 80 plus dollars and pay shipping on top of that. So I'm glad I didn't uh, glad I didn't uh, uh, import. But uh, yeah, I'll be getting at least one of those, uh, gotcha. probably the crystal one. Yeah, uh, but I will most likely be waiting for Black Friday, uh, where I'm sure controllers are going to be at a reduced cost. So. Well, I already pre-ordered the crystal one because, you know, I, I have to be me on there. <laughs> and the way I justify paying 65 bucks for a new DualShock 4 is that I will be trading in one of my other DualShock 4s towards another game and uh, adding a trade boost to it, of course. So I'll get close to like, I think in the end, it'll come up to like 34 bucks and some change for my one of my existing DualShock 4s. So that will kind of, you know, 
play pay tip for tat to pay a thirty dollar upgrade to go to a crystal shell. Well, guess what? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I could afford it. It's all good. So, but uh, the blue crystal one will be available at Walmart, and the red crystal one will be available at Best Buy. Just in case you're interested, it'll be available at, towards the end of the month. So, okay, check it check it out for all your controller needs, man. So. <laughs> And next news story is kind of hitting right to where Desmond talked about earlier in the show and what's he been playing on that. So um, Absolver is Devolver Digital's biggest launch ever, despite server and crashing issues on there. So um, Paris developer Slowcaps debut released a melee combat RPG Absolver on there. Uh, hit earlier this week and it's garnered considerable attention and praise for its unique features as Desmond did talk about. Um, it did have problems like Desmond stated, you know, you said server issues, crashing issues, but besides these, bes- despite these early stumbles on there, they did state that, uh, that Absolver is Devolver Digital's biggest launch ever. Uh, they said they're super proud and honored to be working with Slowcap on their ambitious first game. It's their, been their biggest launch game ever in terms of both revenue and concurrent users and the size of our egos, quote unquote. So, <laughs> uh, Devolver has revealed that the estimate concurrent players across both PlayStation 4 and PC right now was around an impressive 30,000 players on there uh further at the time of this writing the game is also the number one trending game on steam with more than eighty-five thousand owners on there so so like like desmond said this game is well it's it's hot but it's not super hot but it's hot so <laughs> so especially if you got a, a capable pc uh, rig you might want to pick it up on steam because of the fact that uh, there's a little bit more support on that platform it seems like on there. As for the server and crashing issues, uh, they've been addressed in the latest patch uh, and will be continued to be addressed in upcoming patches on there. So they're working hard on getting the game patched up and supported. So so any thoughts, Desmond? The game is awesome. You should play it. Like I told you. Like I told you before, yeah. it's a fun game. I can't wait for uh, you to play it, Joe. I hope we can get Kevin on the train. So I think you'd like it. The cool thing about it is, like, there is, I meant to say this earlier, there's no toxic community right now. Most people are kind of cool. Uh, but there's no, like, voice chat or anything. All you can do is emote. It's like, there's nothing. So. Oh, you can't voice chat nope. at all. There's no voice oh, chat or anything okay. like that. You don't talk to nobody. No, that's that's okay. why, you know, okay. if you see someone if you see someone running up at you, trying to, you know they're going to try to hit you. So that's about <laughs> it. You know. I read a nice nice interview with the developers, and they talked about you know, their influences, and they did mention the good old God Hand as being one of their influences that they talked about that inspired them to create this game. So. It's, it's definitely worth it. You know, talk about like doing their own move sets. You know, it's like God Hand, where you know you're able to go and go through the menu and select the moves you want to configure your character with. That's that they used as an inspiration. So, okay. all right. Next news story that caught my eye this week: uh, Dead Rising Four has been announced for PlayStation Four. It's a year of exclusivity with the uh, Microsoft Xbox platform is coming to an end. On there, so Dead Rising 4 Frank's Big Package will be available on <laughs> December 5th. On there, so <laughs> some lounge lizard type, type really, right? Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, it will include all the bonus content. Frank's big package. You got it because it's it's packed full of content. So (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) And that will include all the bonus content and DLC released for the game on Xbox One and PC. On top of that, there's going to be a Capcom Heroes pack that will let Frank West wear outfits and perform attacks inspired by over a dozen classic Capcom characters. Included in that pack is uh, a cami uniform. Imagine Frank West all buffed out. Uh, Harry is all looking like cami. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need to see all that. No, you can take a look. There's screenshots out right now. Uh, Frank West is Zangief, of course, Mega Man. And the cool thing is that you're able to uh, unleash all the powers of each player that you uh, encompass in the DLC. So, like, if you're Mega Man X, guess what? You're shooting off um, fusion blast. blast. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Actually, got it. So, it's not just a skin that you throw on. You actually gain the abilities of each character. So, on that. So, but it's good that at least this game gets uh, to other platforms. Maybe we'll see it gets a little bit of. user base interested in this game of course uh, all the content includes stuff all the dlc which is stocking stuff for holiday pack frank rising and super ultra dead rising 4 mini golf is the downloadable content for <laughs> lord <laughs> that includes all bonus content including street fighter outfit pack my bloody valentine pack candy cane crossbow slice cycle sir isolot ugly winter sweater and x-fist on there so and for those of you who own the game on Xbox One and Steam and Windows 10, you'll get the Capcom Heroes package as a free update as well. So, on there. So check out the trailer if you're interested. It'll be on December 5th, which happens to be the one-year anniversary of the game being released on Xbox One and Windows PC uh, this last year. So I guess the year of exclusivity has come to an end. So, oh, uh, game has underperformed though, according to Capcom. So. Uh, a lot of people said Dead Rising 4 kind of quote-unquote killed the franchise, but we'll have to see if they get um, more people interested on the PlayStation 4. On it. So I know it kind of takes the Dead Rising formula and kind of makes it more into a brawler versus having to worry about like you know the whole timing mechanism from the original Dead Rising series. So Now, you had this, you have uh, three, right, Joe? Yeah, I have three. So what do you think of, do you think, well, let me ask you this. Do you think, because uh, you're kind of a Dead Rising fan. Yeah, um, I am. Do you think this is, like, too little too late with uh, with regards to putting it out on additional and an, on, an, on an extra platform, even as an exclusive on the Xbox One? It underperformed. Has, uh, like, the magic kind of left this franchise at this point, you think? Well, we'll have to see because, I mean, it's just uh, for whatever reason, it didn't resonate on the Xbox side of the fence as an exclusive. And I know it was an exclusive that uh, they co-signed a marketing deal just like they did with Sony with Street Fighter Five, And they're kind of, to me, I don't know, platform exclusives like that, third-party exclusives, at least timed exclusives, it's kind of... It's just bit Capcom in the ass, basically, in my opinion. You know, at least as far as the popularity of the game. As far as the game itself, it's still on my backlog, unfortunately. I haven't turned on my Xbox One uh, in a, quite a bit of time. But uh, um, I'm looking forward to playing it. Uh, as far as picking it up on PlayStation 4, eh, I already own it on Xbox One. So 
actually own the season pass, believe it or not. I paid 10 bucks for the season oh, pass. So, so imagine that backlog, backlog. That's like something that's like hanging heavy, at least a little bit in my backlog. But, uh, you know, at least for you guys, especially because it's zany as all hell, at least from what I've seen in the gameplay videos and what I dabbled with, with uh, Dead Rising 4 on it. So I definitely think it might be in your wheelhouse, Kevin, because I know you love brawlers, so. Yeah, this just I've never really been into the Dead Rising series overall. That's been this I mean, I th- I thought it was okay, but it, it's just never grabbed me. But gotcha. you know, maybe you know, I'll I'm sure I'll need something to play on the One X. So uh Yeah, you might maybe, be able to maybe get it for that'll cheap. be a yeah, maybe that's an that's an option I can I can look at. That in, right. that in Destiny, so we'll see. Any interest, uh, Desmond, or like, eh, eh? I guess no interest. Yeah, no interest. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there is interest. I'm sorry. I, I played the first. I played the first two on Xbox, and and it was. I, mean, I enjoyed them. The second one, not so much, because it just became like. I don't know. The second one was just weird. It's kind of ran around the same day, you know, doing stuff. So it, it got kind of repetitive. The third one I played at your house, Joe, and it was okay. I mean, I just wanted to be just more of a story. Like I've, I mean, yes, yeah, zombies are passe, you know, yada yada yada. But I wanna, like, I wanna play. Like I, I, I wouldn't mind it. I just would like that. Gotcha. I would not mind it. Well, I know with the Dead Rising two that it had the whole thing about you know having to find that medicine and. You know, obviously, you're going to turn into a zombie if, if you don't get enough of the medicine in time. And that the whole time mechanic to that, that kind of, to some people, I think it's integral to Dead Rising in the formula itself. But, uh, you know, that's why there's like, you know, like a back and forth between certain fans of the series that uh, don't necessarily care about the timing technique versus people that really think that that what makes Dead Rising Dead Rising, you know, so... It just depends. Depends on opinion. But I just thought to make a note of it since it's coming out for PlayStation 4. So and give other people a chance to check out the game for sure. So and uh, other news story that has kind of caught my eye for you, Kevin, is that uh, Bandai Namco has teased a new God Eater game and uh, they have announced the date that they're going to announce more information about it. So um, there's going to be a live orchestra concert in uh, Yokohama, which is near Tokyo, Japan, on October 7th. At the end of that concert, there will be a reveal for the next God Eater um, game coming out, and it's going to be a home console God Eater. So it's not a Vita first God Eater. It's going to be a game coming out for major consoles on there. That's cool. That's cool. So That is very cool. Um, So, yeah, I'm very much a fan of uh god eater played the uh the psp uh remaster on ps4 uh i have god eater 2 also digitally i have not really jumped into that hard and heavy as of yet that is on my backlog but um it's one of the games on my backlog i want to play too so yeah yeah uh, but seeing having god eater coming in you know developed a new a new game coming in developed from the ground up for uh, this current gen uh, PS4 is very exciting for me. So 
definitely looking for. Uh, does this this doesn't coincide with because TGS is in September, right? Yeah, TGS is in September. Basically, they're okay. going to skip TGS as far as announcing anything on there. But they have Bandai Nemco has previously stated that once this game does come out, it's going to be released simultaneously worldwide. Once they do uh, nice. release it, so nice. so. So game is very, I would say, uh, under heralded a bit. You know, I think it's due, especially with the growing popularity of Monster Hunter getting the kind of popularity too to be able to, you know, kind of pick it up. So we'll see how uh, the unveiling goes and see what exactly this project is and see if it's everything that's cracked up to be. So yeah, be looking forward to that. All right, and. Next news story is also, I got all these news stories just for you, Kevin. So, <laughs> uh, Natsumi has announced that they will launch River City Rival Showdown in the West and for Nintendo 3DS this November. On um, there, it was re- originally released in Japan as Downtown Niksetsu Monogari SP River City Rival Showdown will take the original story of River City Ransom and mixes new story paths as well as new endings, upgrades, the fighting system, include the newer system that has been introduced in the series on there. So the game's premise will follow the main protagonist, Kunio, as he is attacked by two mysterious individuals. These events, along with the dis- disappearance of his girlfriend, causes Kunio to search out the truth, and he has three days to do it on there. So um, this is like a relaunch of the River City, a re- redo of the original River City Ransom. So um, they're promising... All the bells and whistles, different story paths and different endings, a day and night cycle, a bonus double dragon fighting game is included, uh, super special moves such as turbo stone hands, two-player co-op, local play, and multiple difficulty levels on there. So and the game will launch in the West physically and digitally. The physical version will come with a quote-unquote limited edition keychain. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> so, so I can match the one I have now. Also, there you go. So, any comments, Desmond? You gonna play yeah, River that, City Ransom? That, that keychain might be nice. Nah, I never it really got into good. them. I mean, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to th- say that I wouldn't. You know, you play at my house. You play at Kevin's house. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I play at Wendy's yeah. house. It's fine. Sounds yeah. awesome. I'll pro- <laughs> Probably pick up a copy, and then we could play local co-op. That sounds awesome. Maybe we'll get together, go to Starbucks or something. There you mm-hmm. go. Or or a bar of our choosing. Who knows? You know. And you know the weird the weird thing for me is that I never played River City Ma- Ransom on NES. Uh, I always I had always seen it on shelves, but never got around to buying it. But what I was a super fan of was Dodgeball. Uh, so, uh, and that it has a, it has the uh, that style, that art style from Super Dodgeball, uh, really kind of uh, stuck with me. So, and 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 I have to say this again, folks: if you've got a PC and you like beat 'em ups, you have to play Rivers uh, River City Ransom Underground on Steam. It is freaking phenomenal. It can be as casual or as in-depth as you want it to be. Uh, I one of the neatest brawlers to come along in a long time. Uh, I'll I'll I'll, that's, I'll end it there. But <laughs> y- y'all need to play that game if you like beat 'em ups. 
All right. And then the last news story kind of came about in the uh, Nindy's Summer Showcase 2017 live stream. Uh, but Inti Creates has announced a game coming out for the Nintendo Switch. It's going to be called Dragon Mark for Death. It's coming for a Nintendo Switch this uh, winter. Uh, the game is set in a dark fantasy world with action RPG systems. The game can be played solo or together with three other people in local or online multiplayer on there. So there's uh, screenshots of this game. There's uh, movies of this game also as well. Since it just got announced on there, it's being developed by key members of the Mega Man Zero and Mega Man ZX development staff on there getting together to get this game out. Uh, kind of screenshots and videos I've seen at least uh, kind of throw back to, I, I hate to say it, I know people have said it, but uh, this is this heralded territory that kind of reminds them a little bit of uh, Guardian Heroes, uh, the original game out on the Sega Saturn that was uh, developed by Treasure on there. And it has very cool uh, 2D pixel art style, of course. So game looks pretty badass. I'm looking forward to I'm very interested in this game. I'll be picking it up. Hopefully they have a physical version for the Switch. But uh, that might be a Switch game, Kevin, you might want to look into possibly. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I will be because, you know, I'm a big Guardian Heroes fan. Uh, Code of Princess was kind of a letdown. So I would definitely like to see, if you know, a spiritual successor to that game. It almost looks uh, like a done, pixel. Done right pixel art dragon's crown too so it's kind of crazy but you know games in this wheelhouse reminds me of like just looking at the screenshots looking at the video of like uh something like you know capcom's D series you know or uh you know something of that nature you know mm. fantasy action adventure side scrolling it's just uh brings back those old school roots man so looking forward to it. any thoughts desmond not too much, you know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like it, it looks cool, but I'm probably gonna, you know, like I said, play it at your house. Because you're probably gonna get it right. Maybe. You're probably you're definitely gonna go sit there and say, "Baby, come on now. <laughs> why, why don't you buy a game for once, sir?" I do buy games all the time. <laughs> you know, I, see, I'm too busy supporting all the indie creators. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> these, these, this group is indie creates they're independent as well sir. wow so. that's uh that's a horrible catch 22 right there isn't it i know <laughs> ding 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 okay and that concludes the news for tonight so <laughs> that's a horrible Ooh, okay uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right folks well thank you joe for bringing us the news for this week and uh coming up well, I guess this was this would be this week. This yeah, this, this week. week. Yeah, this yeah, is this yeah. week. As we're recording on a Tuesday, um, Desmond, you've got the drop for us of how we can spend our hard-earned shekels on up and come. You know, some soon to be released or rather released. <laughs> this week yeah. games yeah it's like the uh the well, let's hit them with that yeah the holiday kind of makes everything a little more wonky but yeah uh we got uh three games we're going to talk about first game is uh knack two uh coming out for ps4 um i guess knack one or knack the first one was was re- was like that was a launch 
that was a launch game, right? Like a game. Yeah. Yeah. You got that with the PS4. You know, and Paul played it. I played it. It was all right. It's a cute little platformer. Nothing to write home about. But it looks like Knack 2, they're really, they're really taking. Um, like, I honestly was not expecting to see a Knack 2, to be honest. <laughs> you know, because cause when that when the first one came out, it didn't really make any too many waves. But hey, you know, it, it, it made enough to, to warrant a sequel. So um, probably picking it up. But probably uh as a sale so uh well, it's, good retails yeah. for 40 bucks so i mean it's not too expensive so and there's awesome. a demo out too yeah, so. it's awesome but i'm not gonna buy 40 dollars dude come on <laughs> come on <laughs> um and so the next game that's coming out is so i'm gonna butcher this name and i know joe I'll, probably I'll, knows how to say it i'll, I'll pronounce no, no, it no, i want to say it uh, i want to say it i want to say it it's uh utawa re ru mono mask <laughs> Of truth. Is that close? Okay. Uta Oware Rurumano. See, why are you trying to show me up, Joe? <laughs> why are you trying to show me up? I tried. I, pra- I-, I practice. I practice. Actually, um, uh, I'm actually a fan of this game where I've been wanting to play it. It's in my back. The first game's in my backlog, uh, but uh, this is uh, the sequel to. Uh, the previous Uto Awari Rurumano game, Mask of Deception, that came out a few months ago uh, on both the Vita and the PlayStation 4 on there. It's a visual novel, a strategy role-playing game, but a lot of uh, visual novel aspects, too, as well. So and so it's actually sitting in my kitchen right now on the GameStop bag. I picked it up today on it. So uh, as far as the series itself, I mean, I haven't played it yet, obviously. i got games to get to, but... Uh, um, I like the combination of the tactical RPG elements because it kind of reminds me of Fire Emblem a bit, uh, mixed in with the uh, visual novel, which you know I'm a big fan of anime and manga as well. So, so kind of caught my eye. So, on it, it also came with a uh, collectible pillowcase too. So, and <laughs> um, with uh, it, the the character on the pillowcase obviously it's not my waifu but uh, you know i have to play the game first to even make those connotations so. <laughs> mm. well okay then but, all right <laughs> <laughs> i i have no idea like about this game you know it looks interesting but wow all right get pillows and then another game i mean the big come on the big game that's coming out this week you know, if you're listening to it, you know, it came out already, depending on when you listen to it. But it came out Wednesday this week, and that is Destiny 2. That's the big game. You know, that, that's, that's the big game that's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, PC at a later date. But that's, that's the game. And I know, like, that's going to dominate all the content uh, from most of the streamers and, and everybody else. That's, that's just, it's Destiny 2. I mean... We all are going to get it. It's all going to be awesome. You know, so yeah. Let's just move on because we all know we're going to play it. And we'll, be, <laughs> and we'll be talking about, we'll be definitely giving a lot of information about, about our, our thoughts about Destiny 2 on next week's show. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is, this, this is going to be this is gonna be some shit. So, yeah. And then the next game that's coming out is uh, Monster Hunter Stories for the 3DS. And I... I and myself, I'm really hyped for this game. I know Joe's super hyped for the game because he got the amiibos. He got the amiibos from from, from Hong Kong. I hope they ain't bootlegs, but you know, they look, <laughs> I hope they work. But, 
They are legit. So yeah, so I'm really excited for Monster Hunter stories. How about you, Joe? You you ready? I know you're. Well, I know you're ready. That's just you know. I, I um because I've been so like backlogged. I haven't really played the demo, but I am in it to win it. I will be playing it, um, if not right away, probably within the next couple of weeks on there. Once picking it up on Friday, so I will be. I will definitely be playing it. You have any interest, Kev? I'm holding out for World. All right. No, I, I hold now for I world. I, I just need to play that type of game on a on a on a TV. Okay. Actually, stories is different. It's a turn based RPG. It's very cutesy. It's uh, um, you can just speak more of it, right, Desmond? As far as how yeah. it plays versus the yeah, regular it's series. Yeah, a paper rock scissors thing. You know, it's a paper rock scissors combat system. You know, tech beats speed. Speed beats you know strength. Strength beats tech. So it's it's like that. You know, but when you when you sync up your 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 attacks with your with your monsty, <laughs> so cute, you actually get uh, something a, a special thing, and then you 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 jump on you like you do like a cross attack that's sort of reminiscent of like Chrono Trigger or whatnot, and then if you reach a certain level, you a certain level in your battling, like if if you if you do you know, combos together and stuff like that, it 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 it. it it basically builds up this meter, this ride-on meter. And so once you get to the top, you, like, hit the button, and then you jump on top of your monsty, and then you become, like, a single unit, and, you're, you're, like, your damage gets stronger and whatnot. And then you have to pump up another level, and then when you pump another level, you get to do the monsty's, like, super move. And it's some weird super move where they do something really cool, you know, with, with, your, with your rider. It's silly. Like, the, the bear thing... The bear, so you're on top of him, and like when you release his thing, they all have special names and everything. The bear like runs up. It's it's weird. It's like it runs up to the stream, knocks a fish out of the water, jumps up, catches the fish in its mouth, and then slams down on the on the enemy. So it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, I'm seriously, I'm just like, oh, okay, all that, sure, yeah. You know, it's, so. it's just it's just is the weirdest stuff. It's like. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, definitely not as in the same genre as Monster Hunter World. It's not a mainline no, Monster Hunter game. All. Not at all. You so know, there's even an um, anime stuff. series that's streaming on Funimation right now, which too. I which yeah. I have watched. So I'm just not gonna lie. I watch it. It's cute. It's fun. So, but it's fun. I, I would say definitely pick it up if you can, or if you have any inkling, you know, pick it up because it's a lot of fun. Okay. So. But that's it, everybody. That's all the stuff that's coming out. But all you care about is Destiny 2, y'all. So <laughs> now we'll we'll see our listeners out there because we can't wait either. So yep. that's oh, it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, sir, for sharing the drop with us this week. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's all it's all about Destiny 2 <laughs> for the most for the most part. But uh, game night and. Uh, Three guesses as to what we'll probably be playing. <laughs> Everybody's golf. <laughs> Killing floor two. No. Oh, wait. Come on now. Let's be honest, Joe. So our game nights are Thursday. Uh, Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, chances are we'll be playing the obvious Destiny 2. We'll be playing on PlayStation 4. Uh, you can reach us uh, on our PSNs, which are Joe is at Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. Dez is at Nemotigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. And I can be found at Shonuff7, S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number seven. 
so you can hit us up. We'll get in and start saving the earth from uh, this new enemy of uh, cabal. These these cabal these cabalists think they all up, up want to be all up in our grill. We're gonna put them in their place. I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> it's so stupid. I'm so excited. It's like yay, yeah. yay. Ugh, um, <laughs> contact us. <laughs> you can contact us. Uh, we want to hear your feedback. As I as we always say, we are a listener driven podcast. We want to hear your opinions uh, regarding your favorite games, the gaming industry as a whole. So please let us know about that. And you can reach us on Twitter. Joe is at at Joe Fongool. Dez is at Nemo Cub, N-E-M-O-C-U-B. Joe's at Joe Fongool, J-O-E-F-O-N-G-U-L. I am at Shonuff71, S-H-O-N-U-F-F-71. You can also, if you want to hit us with an email, Hit us at gamingvessels at gmail.com. And with that, folks, uh, we're going to bring this episode to a close. We want to thank you for hanging in there with us. It's been a, been a long, another long one. We didn't think it was going to run <laughs> this long, but I think we had some, some good content and some good conversation, some gaming-based uh, conversation for you. So we are going to bring episode 16 to a close. We will be back next week with episode 17. I am Shonef71. That is Des the Bay Area Terror. That is Trader Joe, a.k.a. Joe Fongool, the Food Max of Gaming. And we will see you next week on Gaming Vessels Podcast. Peace.